put down the banana and the nutmeg, kid. You're under arrest. We have the place around it. Adam Curry, John C. Devorah. It's Sunday, December 12, 2010. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination Episode 260. This is No Agenda. Avoiding nutmeg and black dog leashes here at the Hilltop Watchtower Crackpot Command Center in Gitmo Nation West in your People's Republic of Southern California in the morning. I'm the former Soviet spy known as Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where there's no such thing as kettling, that's spelled with a K and a T, I'm John C. Devorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill in the morning. But I think you guys do have ketamine. We do? <laughs> of course you do. And we have Katmandu. <laughs> in the morning to you, my friend John. In the morning to you, Adam, and to all ships at sea. And to the boots on the ground and to the wings in the skies. We've added a wrinkle. <laughs> There's nobody listening on this, uh, the you, stream. You know, yes, there are. The sky. Totally. Hey, how many, look, how many emails did you get this week from uh, ships at sea? I got like four or five. I got one. Okay, well, people don't even know your email. They always send it to me. I couldn't find John's email address, which always... You know, if you just look on the re- the return address to all those emailings that we sent out, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got it on concept, there. Yeah. And you if, could use that. And, of course, I'd like to uh, hand out a big in the morning to all of our human resources who are all charged up and ready to go in the chat room at noagendachat.net. Uh, charged up at 98%, maybe even 9 or 9 because that's the way your government wants you. Filled with energy that we can sap from you. Sap away. There's so, a lot of energy sapping news this week. Well, before we start, uh, I it, a part personal uh, note, but it really was triggered by uh, something that happened in the Robert Gibbs show. Uh, we still don't have a jingle for him. Robert Gibbs, of course, is the uh, spokeshole for the White House. And um, he was asked about, uh, because, you know, there was this news that came out, John. I don't know if you saw it or heard it. It was, it was hard to miss. Um, I don't know if it was WebMD uh, or the Sur- Surgeon General. I don't know if there's a difference. They came out and they said, you know, secondhand smoke is so bad that if you even read the word secondhand smoke on a piece of paper, you will die. That was essentially how bad secondhand smoke was. Did you catch this news? No, I, I don't know why they're going back to this old bromide. I, I, it was like a new study and it was about secondhand. Well, of course, you know, we have to outlaw it completely. We have, you know, because that's just the start, right? We take away your cigarettes, and we take away your alcohol, and then we take away everything else. Uh, and of course, uh, but the, the second it was really, it was really everywhere. It's like secondhand smoke. If you even say secondhand smoke, you are starting to die just from saying it. And so, of course, the press conference, uh, someone says, uh, "Hey, uh, so how's our president doing uh, with that smoking thing?" With smoking, many people say it could be linked to pressure, or it could be something to relax. Uh, relax a person. What did you see the president do? What What was the time frame? How How did it happen? What was he involved in at that time when he was smoking? You last saw him smoking. Not- so, so this is a whole question about the president smoking. <laughs> and I just want you to listen to uh, the reasoning why the uh, why the president actually smokes. Nine months ago, what was the issue? Did he have someone hawking up a lung in the background. <laughs> like the guy coughing in the background, and that's a smoker's cough too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't. I, don't I, I. I. I can't remember the last time. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't remember the individual setting. I. I, I don't know that I would disagree. I don't know that I would disagree. Um, 
I'm not a smoker. Um, but I, I think if you asked him, he would likely say that for both. Uh, and again, I hesitate to do this on camera. I hate to say this on camera, but it's both for what? 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 Say, why does he smoke? It, it just in terms of it, for both uh, for en- enjoyment and for some relaxation as from the pressure that you mentioned. Again, I, I hate okay. to. Okay. Enjoyment and some relaxation. Why doesn't he say he's addicted to it, A, or he likes smoking, B, or who cares whose business is it of anyone's? And the fact of the matter is this is going on for so long. Why doesn't Obama just be honest with the public and come out and smoke a, smoke right. one of these babies right in public? <laughs> okay, so so this is so I'm listening to this, and John, you know I haven't made mention of it, but uh, this is day seven. Uh, Mickey, Miss Mickey and I have completed one week of not smoking. Day seven. <laughs> and we gave it up cold turkey. Now, I have given up uh, marijuana uh, after a 10-year habit of smoking uh, from the moment I woke up, uh, known as the wake and bake, uh, to the moment the I wake w- and bake. <laughs> it's true. It's wake yeah. and bake. Hey, everybody, wake and bake. Uh, to the moment I went to bed, and I would uh, smoke. Uh, I Literally, I, I'd take a couple drags and then go to bed. I, like, and, and can I interrupt you here? Mm-hmm. So uh, you and you've brought this up a few times. Uh, every once in a while, you you kind of ask me, "Have you noticed the difference? <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed the difference, John?" And I always say the same thing because it's a fact. No, no. <laughs> I have noticed no difference between the pre-smoke, dope smoke, and wake and bake Adam Curry and the current Adam Curry. Right. Uh, it really had very little effect on your personality, as far as I could tell. You weren't going around like, oh man, whoa, <laughs> whoa, dude. <laughs> and uh, but anyway, uh, and I'm that- not noticing. By the way, let me interrupt again. Uh huh. Uh, I'm not noticing a difference in the seven days, or, or as I would put it, seven days, <laughs> seven days. of uh, your uh, stopping smoking. You're not irritable. Well, maybe you are at home, but you're not irritable on the show, and it's not noticeable. And you, like you said, you haven't brought it up, right. and I don't think anyone would have picked up on it. But go ahead. Go on with your story. Um, so, well, what I was going to say is that um, quitting marijuana was easy. Quitting nicotine is hard. It is really, really hard. And if it were not for uh, Mickey and I doing it together, I probably would have buckled. Because even as recent as uh, as yesterday, there are these moments during your, your quitting process where you go, ah, 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 I really need a smoke. And it's like a physical, th- I, it's just like, I'm like freaking out, I want a cigarette. And, and imagine, the internet was down for six hours on uh, on Thursday night. I had no porn because all my porn is online. I didn't know what to do with myself. And I was like, I was so close to smoking. But now the thing that is motivating me is that I am stronger than our pussy-ass president of the United States of America. I challenge Barack Obama to quit smoking for relaxation from the stress of the job. Bull crap. Quit that and you're a real man. A real man, I tell you. He's so well, weak. He's so weak he can't stop smoking. If, I, if you're president, if you're president of the United States of America, and you've got all this stuff going on around you, and you have to... I mean, you can do crack for all I care, but the smoking thing... You really, if you can't get beyond that, and you can't, everyone's laughing about it. It's now a national joke. Our president is hooked on cigarettes. If he can't quit that, then he is too weak to hold the office. Well, uh, let me go back to my point. Either 
if he doesn't want, let's say this, he doesn't want to quit. I mean, maybe he I does. I didn't but, want but, to quit either. <laughs> well, that's true. But okay, but let's just go back. What is the point of being so secretive? Of, you know, you know, what does he do? Run off into the back, you know, outside the back of the White House, and <laughs> no, I understand. I understand that he, that the 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 room next to the Oval Office, known as the Clinton Room, where he used to put uh, cigars and interns, I believe that is now a full. They've uh, it's a full time smoking lounge for the president, and he slips in there. That's what I've heard. Okay, well that's fine, but you know, why does he hide it from the public? Why doesn't he come out? And light up. I mean, we wa- everybody watches Mad Men. We know how it works. <laughs> we know what it looks like. <laughs> we know what it looks like. It's not a st- What is he doing? What is that weird thing he's sticking in his mouth? He's lighting it. <laughs> oh, my God. Where's the Secret Service? The president is on fire. He's got a flame in his face. And which Obama is the smoker, by the way? Do you think there's one that doesn't smoke and they roll him out? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's probably I think Obama number two probably. And talking about Obama, why doesn't Michelle? Does Michelle smoke? Do we know anything about this possibility? Uh, I don't know, but she generally couples smoke. Mm, yeah, the good ones. <laughs> the, good one. the, the lasting relationships smoke together but you know it's, it's beyond the point because I'm not going to be one of those uh, ex-smokers who's a total dick about people smoking. Uh, I, 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 that is the thing I've always hated. Uh, but I, you know, and it was like, I was, Ew, I'm on, I'm on, you said like the ex drinker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm five years sober. Which, you know, you take somebody out to a bar, you're out there hanging around. If they don't want to drink something, fine. I don't care. Yeah, but shut but up. Instead, why don't you just say, no, I'm going to have a Coke or I don't feel like drinking instead of, I'm five, five years, years sober. <laughs> so what? And I, you want something to drink? I don't care if you're five years sober. You want a Coke? Do you want a good glass of soda water with a lime in it? I, you know, I don't need the five years sober answer. I have never coughed as much, by the way. Oh, you're trying. Your lungs are trying to clear up. My, trying. My lungs are trying to escape through my uh, oral cavity, <laughs> yeah. trying to run away from me. It's amazing. I'm I'm feeling really good though. But uh, so I, I guess the physical. Um, addiction is gone by now, right? The actual... No. <laughs> How long does it take? It takes a couple months. Really? That long? Hmm. And then the problem is, is the socialization problem. That's the real get gotcha. It's not... To... Well, it's it's not really because... Well, you haven't had the, you haven't had the pressure. No, but I live, in Lo- I live in Los Angeles, man. It's like you want to smoke. It's like you go stand in the gutter. That's where oh, you're that's allowed true. to that, smoke. That, in the olden days, everybody... You'd go to a party, everybody would be smoking up a storm and they'd right. offering cigarettes to everybody. And next no, thing you know, no, you're smoking no, again. Yeah, exactly. No, no, no. No, no. But it's it's because we're doing... Stand in the gutter. Go stand in the cesspool. Literally. literally. Go into the outhouse and crap while you're smoking. It's literally true. But because we're doing it together and... And here was my here was my mistake because Mickey's like uh, I really because she she really wanted to stop and I'm like hey you know hey baby I'm the, you know, dick stupid dick I am hey baby whenever you're ready I'm there with you I'll stop with you oh I, you I, made the mistake of agreeing yeah and then she's like oh I think I have to do uh, like I'll I'll need uh, hypnotization I'm like that's bull crap just stop and then she stopped I'm like oh crap oh no. I, but I wasn't, and I had to have that one last one because I'm like, "Well, you stop before I was ready." <laughs> the last one. <laughs> this is that's a bad thing. I had the one last one. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so but anyway, I challenged the president, and I think everyone else should challenge the president because if you can't quit that, which is hard, it's hard. I think it, it's like heroin hard. Not that I don't I've know ever, if I want a president strung out trying to quit tobacco in office. 
Oh, oh man, this is like bad. Let me push this red button. Oh please, that—that's what I mean. That I mean, if that is—if he can't even handle that pressure, how about some real pressure? Anyway, and so it's you know, the president is now motivated. So you're now holier than thou, and you're calling no. out the president. No, uh, no, I'm calling out the president because he's weak. <laughs> Not because he smokes. I, mean, I, I don't care what he does, but he's weak. He's well, weak. I, I'm just the opposite of this. I think he should be smoking in public. <laughs> anyway, he uh, just to prove that he's weak, completely weak. Here's what blew me away, ladies and gentlemen, as we are watching the White House press room. It was a slow news day, so I brought the other guy in. You know, he's starting to sell more, more and more like Elvis. In Las Vegas. It's, it's actually, it's a Thank combination of Elvis and George Bush. He sounds like Bush. I brought the, folks, I brought the other guy in slow news day. <laughs> and he pushes, <laughs> and he pushes, just listen to this. Um, you know, obviously there's a big debate going on uh, about taxes uh, and about the need to grow the economy and to create jobs. Yeah. And... Uh, just about every day this week, I've been making an argument as to why uh, the agreement that we've struck. I got to go have a smoke break right now, so I'm going to let uh, Billy Boy <laughs> take over. I got to go smoke. I got to go smoke. And it, did you see this? Did you see this thing? This uh, was oh, terrible. Clinton is a, is an insufferable bore at this point. And by the way, did you see him getting out of his limo to come to that meeting? No, no, I the didn't see that. The guy looks like he's a walking dead man. Yeah, he does, doesn't he? If he doesn't, if he lives another five years, it's going to be a miracle. He's uh, he's gone on a vegan diet or vegan yeah. diet, which and he, makes him look really gray and ashen. He's totally gray and ashen, and he's and he's skinny. Yeah, and he's and he can barely walk. He looks like he's barely able to, you know, just staggering. There's not getting enough protein. His system's not used to this sort of thing, and he's he likes he, he, he's looking like Steve Jobs. Yeah, I yeah. mean it's just not healthy look. It's it's like this. Yeah, you I know, agree. He doesn't look good. Well, th so here's the funny thing. So. He uh, he wraps up. He's only supposed to like do some little ditty, and then Obama's trying to interrupt him because uh, he wants to leave. It's just, it was just incredibly funny to me when seeing this this slapstick uh, unfold before my eyes. Follow up. You said you mentioned the the Republican Congress uh, taking uh, taking office in, in uh, January. What was your advice to President Obama today about how to deal uh, with the Congress from the opposition party? I have a general rule, which is that if whatever he asked me about my advice and... Obama's standing next to him, by the way, and this is now going on for 10, 10, 12 minutes. Whatever I say should become public only if he decides to make it public. He can say whatever he wants, but what we... we uh, <laughs> here's what I'll say is uh, I've been keeping the first lady waiting for about half an hour, so I'm going to take off. But, but I, uh, I don't want to make her mad. Please go. You're in good hands. And, uh, and Gibbs will call last question. Yeah. Help Thank me. You. Thank you. Amazing. Amazing. Gibbs will call last question. You know, it's like, you know what? I've had this done to me by CEOs of companies. Fuck it, I'll say it. Ron Bloom would do this from time to time. You know, it'd be like a big meeting, and you just wouldn't find it important enough. And then, like, uh, all right, uh, Adam's going to answer these questions, and uh, and I'll be back, and just walk away. It's like it's like the worst thing you can do to anybody. And then because he has to go to a Christmas party, 
It was really weird. Very, Well, very the whole weird. thing was, first of all, Clinton is so out of it and he's so dingy that he, you know, in a daze, he's like in a drug stupor. He doesn't even know he's up there, it seems to me, and he's up yakking away forever. He, he must be a horrible, boring guy now at a dinner party. <laughs> And uh, I paid a hundred thousand dollars for that douchebag to bore me to tears at my party. Well, I mean, he was just in San Francisco giving a speech like Thursday. Yeah, and it was a you know, but I've got reports. And I, I actually could have gone to the thing and decided you know that I've got better things to do with my time because you can always get the things on tape. And by the way, I think that's true with most trade shows nowadays. You can usually get the tape, or you can get a or you can get a nice uh, video yeah. version of yeah. it. You're not going to go up get any better than the video no you don't have to actually go anymore you don't have to really have to go to anything anymore let me just let me, and, just, let me just finish this up uh, just just one thing the guy said it was kind of funny which was completely inappropriate about uh clinton yeah oh okay yeah it's just just to, just to get past it then we should do our executive producers i, I just want it, just, it was bothering me so much that obama had to go smoke with his wife gotta go smoke at the christmas party so billy boy you can finish it up here because uh, no one believes me no one believes me. No one believes me when I say it's a good deal. No well, he's one- totally irked about the whole thing. The Democrats actually got, here's a, the opportunity for the, you know, they, they always say, oh, the Republicans are the party of no, no, no. And the Republicans gave in on this. They Actually, most observers think they gave in more than the then, Democrats yeah, did. Yeah. And then these liberal, uh, the, the most liberal of the <laughs> Democrats are all bitching and moaning. But of course, you know, Hillary's been under such fire from WikiLeaks. We needed uh, we needed a diversion, so Bill had to go in there. But listen to the metaphor he uses for uh, for now being in the spotlight at the White House. Mr. President, I get the feeling that you're happier to be here commenting and giving advice than governing. Oh, I had quite a good time governing. <laughs> I, I am happy to be here. I suppose when the bullets that are fired are unlikely to hit me, unless that they're just ricocheting. <laughs> what kind of message is that? What the hell was that? I didn't remember that one. Wow. But, yeah, I'm happy to be here when the bullets aren't being fired at me. I might just get hit by ricochet. How inappropriate is that? I'd say <laughs> the Secret Service should investigate that guy. <laughs> All right. Um, uh, I, I noticed that PayPal was a little bit better than uh, than last week, but not much. No, but it was noticeably. Uh, we we're about to probably. I think we're it's, back up to par. You think? More no, no, less? we're not up to par. We're about two thirds to, to three quarters of the way. This, this is the thing: is that it really does this attack on uh, on PayPal really does make a difference. It really does slow things down. I mean, so so you know, people say, "I think I'm going to donate." They hit the button, nothing happens, and then yeah. they say, oh, "I'll do it Whatever. next. I'll, I'll do, do it, it in a few do it weeks. an hour." They yeah. never do it. Yeah, and it really does uh, hurt business. So, yeah, if 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 the idea was to hurt PayPal, great, it worked. I'm sure they're losing millions. Yeah, I'm sure they're losing. And Can't sure, imagine. Yeah, I'm sure it really hurt them, but it's hurting other people too. Yeah, well, that's uh, the way it is. Yeah, All right, Stephen Pelsmockers. Uh, we have three executive producers. Oh, three! Wow. Th- Three. We're gonna. Well, I mean, technically, we could just give it to Pelsmockers because he's ahead of the other two guys. But we actually have three people that donated the two sixty to become members of the exclusive two sixty club, which right. will never be. You can't join it after this. Is it? Three guys. That's right. And um, Pelsmockers at two sixty thirty three added thirty three cents for good karma, <laughs> and he got it. <laughs> he got it. So that now he's not officially a member of the two sixty club if he doesn't do the exact amount. But we're gonna let him slide, I guess. 
Yeah, I think you're gonna have to do the hit the hit the number. You do the thirty three cents is a separate donation. Yeah, Sean Connolly, uh, or actually Sir Sean Connolly. So we have two of our knights stepping up from uh, of course. Uh, it's it's always the same people. It's rarely anyone new. Well, no, that's not true this week. Oh. Aaron Ramroth from Amsterdam, oh. uh, the third executive producer oh. uh, at two sixty, came in and he's new. So we have uh, Steve Pelsmacher, Stephen Pell, Sir Stephen, Sir Sean, and Aaron uh, Ramroth from Amsterdam. What does he have in his note? What does he want? He says, good day, John and Adam. I'm a longtime total douchebag listener since the start. I only decided to give after not being able to cope with the fact that I've been mooching for so long. You guys keep me informed and entertained on my daily commute from Amsterdam to Den Haag. Den Haag. An American expat living here for 12 years, hence Dvorak can pronounce my name. Uh, now that I am donating, I love to hear any of my friends around the world who are also listening and will admit it. Here's 260 for show 260 more coming if you play the MILF jingle more. MILF! That's one mother I'd like to. <laughs> Cracks him up, he says. <laughs> right on well thank you very much that's that's outstanding uh aaron from uh amsterdam right and, and uh, sir uh, sean uh, mentions that he's uh working on a damehood for his daughter number one and also uh uh he also has a second daughter so that so it's good news for us he says and so and we have a uh, pelsmarker's got a few extra things coming up later in the show yeah baron baron von pelsmarker's baron von pelsmarker's baron von pelsmarker's uh, so, okay, so no associate execs. No, no? just those three okay. guys. All right. Well, so we're still hurting a bit. In the morning, Adam and John, could you please mention the PR section uh, that owing to a no agenda Christmas miracle, it's a Christmas miracle, John, the red no agenda dice arrived from the manufacturer three weeks ahead of schedule. All orders have been shipped, including several pairs for yourselves. Uh, the No Agenda Patriarchs. Be sure to substitute them in any and all holiday board game playing. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. That's a great line. It's true. I never thought about it. But yeah, people, they, they all have these board games. They're, They're selling like hotcakes. Exactly. It's uh, I've got one. Actually, I've got a clip for one of them for everyone out there who's looking for a really interesting board game. Uh, there's the advertisement clip in there. You can find yeah, it. It's You want me to do that now? It's the honeybees or the ladybug. Yeah, play Lady, it. Ladybug game? Okay, let's, what is the, uh, all right, here we go. A little ladybug game for you, everybody. Uh, why is it taking so long to open? What's going on? Well, so much for our timing. <laughs> Let me try it one more time. That's, timing oh, is everything. Ladybugs, we're four little ladybugs lost in the yard. Getting back home will be so hard. Slide past the mantis on your guard. Give it the so I've been so apparently if you haven't noticed I've been that? looking for clips on children's programming oh well let me give you one on children's programming then this is uh, in Gitmo Nation East brand new show coming to televisions everywhere just in time for Christmas ladies and gentlemen we interrupt this transmission for a news flash my name is Dr. Morris Bergs, and I'm on my way to Lapland to discover why Christmas 2010 is in crisis. 
Follow my journey at green-santa.com. Yeah, yeah. Now, what do you think that could be about, huh? The Green now, Santa Show. This, didn't we go over this last year when yeah. they had all these Santa Claus shows? Santa Claus is dead. Santa yeah, Claus. Yeah, yeah. This there's is no the, snow in the North Pole, and what are we going to do? They do it every single year. This is a new show. It's, it's like the, a new. It's like a new tradition. It's, it's the terrible. Green, it's the Green Santa, and, and and Christmas is in peril because your parents are destroying the world. You must police your parents, you little slaves. There will be no Christmas for you. And the helper elf is sitting on the shelf looking at you, making sure you're telling your parents what to do. I, I do have some. And then uh, turn your parents in if uh, they don't do it. Absolutely. They're a little bit further there in Gitmo Nation East. Now, before we get to because I got some uh, news on uh, Cancun Hagen. Uh, by the way, I just want to remind everybody to go to Dvorak.org slash NA yes. if they want to get in on the action. And these executive producer titles, by the way, are Real. legit. Yeah, they are legitimate. Absolutely. And you can get an exclusive one by joining the club for the uh, by donating the amount of the episode. Uh, and actually, I saw Sir Larry, Sir Larry Lee, uh, who is uh, the only member of the Two Five Niner Club. He's got it on his. He's got it right there on his uh, on his email signature. Good, and it looks good too. It looks smart. So uh, yes, these are official credits. You can, uh, if you are on IMDb, you can put them there. You can put them anywhere on a resume. The big difference is, uh, unlike Hollywood, will actually vouch for you if you if you, someone's call. You know, if you want someone to to get a phone call and say, "Yeah, this guy's really an executive producer." Okay, I have a real show. Yeah. Uh, so thanks to Sir Stephen Pelsmakers, Sir Sean Connolly, and Aaron Remroth. I'm pronouncing it correctly. I hope are yep. uh, uh, executive producers and. Three members, the only members, it never comes back, of the very exclusive 260 Club. Everybody else out there, go out and propagate this formula loud and proud. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. So speaking of things being the season, John, this report uh, reached me, which I did not know. And uh, I was actually tempted to, to do me a little bit, you know, with my non-smoking and everything. This is from Fox News, uh, particularly around this time of year with the, with, the, with the eggnog and everything. There's a danger lurking in your kitchen, my friend. It's very, very dangerous. Believe it or not, it is easy access. Who doesn't have nutmeg in their home? But now that easy access is tempting teenagers. She said, you know you can get high off of nutmeg. This 15-year-old Palmdale teen didn't want to share her identity, but she revealed to KTLA how teenagers are now turning to nutmeg to get high. How does she take it? She just went and she cut. Yes, the popular kitchen spice, if taken in high doses, can actually give your child a marijuana-like buzz and, in some cases, act like a hallucinogenic. I'm thinking this is good. And the worst breath ever. (laughs) First thing I heard was, I don't want to overdose. And alarms went off in my head. Just this week, (laughs) teen's mom says she busted her daughter after her phone was accidentally dialed. Listening in on the conversation, she heard the two teens discussing a substance and how much to take to catch the buzz. Oh, no. Oh, my. No, this is not good. Eating the whole nutmeg. Do it now. It's a little-known spice fact, but after some research, we found teens on YouTube experimenting, even discussing the buzz. This teen downing the entire bottle. Many saying the effects take hours to peak. 
Nutmeg contains a compound which belongs to the deliriant drug family, hence the high. The user often taking three to four tablespoons. <laughs> I think I should. All right. So, well, hold on a second. Let's let's back up. Uh, first of all, this. It's the Situate. evil. It's the evil nut. I tell you, this it's thing, this this nut. exact same fractal, yeah. came out in the uh, late '60s. I was going to say it must be the '60s. Late '60s, mid mid to late '60s, as a as, and it was always called the prisoner's high back in back right, in right. the day. Well, Wikipedia actually talks about it being a pr- uh, a thing for a prison. Yeah, it was used in prison, and it, and it, if it, if the fractal holds true, the next thing that will come along will be uh, a banana peel. Oh really? I can't wait. So we could just that was in fact the the uh, the Donovan That's song. Right. Wasn't, wasn't... They call it Mellow Yellow. Right. Was a uh, reference to this particular oddball high. Now, wait a minute. Is is the don't you have to like burn the banana peel and well you know I, you know the, the I smoke? never knew how it was actually. I always thought it was just a hoax, and I still believe it might be. But apparently, if I recall, you scrape the inside of the banana peel. You scrape all. The, it's not the banana peel. It's the goop that's between the banana and the banana peel. Right. And so you scrape all that crap off, and then I think you cook it down and smoke it, or you eat it. I don't know what you do with it. Well, well this, is, this the, is very important, John. I need to experiment. Well, you can, yeah, yeah I know you do, since you're not smoking now. But yeah, I'm sure <laughs> YouTube has a video about it, so you can just go look it up. I need a banana. Honey, buy more bananas. I got <laughs> How about this? Banana with nutmeg. Now you're talking. Now it's a combo. So I think that so the banana, so if the fractal holds through, then banana peels will be next. And uh, there's all kinds of other. I mean, there's a lot of stuff out there. But it's just fun. I, it was just funny stupid. to me that it came out at the same time. I'm like, really? But it is true. The the nutmeg. Uh, if you if you eat enough of it, by the way, you'll probably puke. But uh, you, you, I guess you can get pretty high from it. I'm, I'm sure you could. But I mean, I'm, there's a lot of spices that you can get high from. I mean, oh. spices. Uh, oh, do tell. Well, I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm offhand, but that, I, it doesn't take... You can look it up. Kid, all right, of, kid, come out. Put, the, put down the banana. Websites. Put down the banana and the nutmeg, kid. You're under arrest. We have the place surrounded. So the... Um it's you can look it up. I mean, you know, it's not this stuff is not, nowadays all the information's <laughs> yeah, available whatever. if you know how to do a simple Google search. It's all good. It's all good. Hey, Billy Boy did have a little bit to say about Haiti. Oh, he did? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't even want to play it. It was so much bull crap. Oh, yeah, like uh well, it's like 80 80 trillion billion dollars, you know, we we've got the uh Actually, I should play that because I do have some I I, sh- I really need to say some things about Haiti. Because it's just really nuts over there. Let's just listen, listen, listen to what he says. You know. And I want us to row. Can you give us a Haiti update? What? Can you give us a Haiti update? I know yeah, Haiti know. update? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Haiti, I had a long talk Haiti. with the prime minister today. The prime minister being the uh, Preval. The douchebag. The, uh, yeah, Preval. And, um... He- was the Prime Minister of Haiti in Washington? Is that where he was? That he had a long talk with him? Or, you know, how does that work? He, first of all, has done, a, I think, a remarkable job of uh, being a loyal Prime Minister but not being involved in the political imbroglio that's going on, except to try to keep calm. Uh, the political imbroglio? Is that what he said? Wow. It's a, that's a $4 word right there. <laughs> imbroglio. I've never used that word. I've seen it. I've seen it too, but I've, and never, I've never used it. I've never written using it. I've never said it until just, just now. But I think, well, words matter. 
So, uh, I mean, it, what is the definition of imbroglio? Are you sure that was he saying imbroglio, Let's or was go. he belching? <laughs> he actually does belch during this. It's really funny. He goes, excuse me. <laughs> He's like, yeah, listen. He's involved in the imbroglio. Yeah, he says imbroglio. Imbroglio. <laughs> well, hold on. Let's look this word up. What does imbroglio mean? It means a morass. Well, no, that can't be the direct definition. No, I mean it's just like a morass. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a quagmire. It's a, it's a combination of morass, cra- quagmire, and fiasco. Well, no, I understand, but I want to have the exact with violent, with violent undertones. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second, I'm, I'm looking. Telling you, it's like it's like Im- describing wine. Imbroglio. Okay. That's with an I. It's not an embro. Oh, yeah. It's an imbroglio in, with an I. Imbroglio. An intricate uh, and confusing interpersonal or political situation. It's a, it's a very proper use of the term. Yeah, quagmire. Well, no, but it specifically has to do with a political situation, which I find okay, interesting. Well, it's fine. And somebody probably gave him the word. Hey, hey, hey Clint, you're going to make hay with this one. <laughs> You'll get mentioned on some radio shows. <laughs> Guys, don't go nuts for this word. It's a big, a big four dollar word. A confusion, a heap, a tangle. Okay, an entanglement. Okay. Except to try to keep calm. Uh, there was a decision made by the Electoral Council to review the vote in its entirety. Yeah. In, in other words, so it turns out that uh, um, Sweet Mickey Martelli is uh, number three on the list. He's getting blamed for all the violence, by the way. It's his supporters who are uh, wrecking everything. But this mean the guy who probably won? No, 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 because actually it's the, uh, it's the 70-year-old uh, woman who, uh, who appears to be winning, but she's not the protege of Preval, Prime Minister Preval's protege. So that's, oh. why the, that's why they're doing a recount. It's because, well, she can't win. That's not right. I think she's actually probably on the right track, and the people of Haiti actually want her uh, well, listen. What well, they could be blaming the. Okay, I mean, yeah. riots could be a combination of ingredients. No, but no, but they're but they're blaming it on um, the Martelli crowd. Right, they're blaming it on him. And to ask some outside observers to come. Outside in. Outside observers, who could those be, John? Who do you think? The Clintons. Yeah, well, it's United Nations, of which. Uh, well, it's Bill- the Clinton. Same thing. The Clinton boy is the special envoy. So it's yeah. the, it's the, the outsiders who are not only credible but knowledgeable. Knowledgeable. They-, they probably did the uh, that. That uh, Bush uh, Gore thing. <laughs> they know how to do it. They will announce exactly how they propose to do that. Uh-huh. Today was a pretty calm day. Yeah. And they expect the weekend to be pretty calm. Yeah. We right. are going to have our commission meeting next week. Hey, hold on a second. So we may move. Yeah. Is this still at that same press conference? Yes. yes. Wait a minute. So hold yes. on a second. Yes. I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't realize that Clinton actually took over the press conference and started doing Clinton stuff. Dude, I'm telling you, Barack left to go have a smoke after 15 minutes, and then Clinton went into like 20 minutes of questions. And he, about everything? Like, oh, how yeah. you doing? How's your oh, new yeah. book? No, 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 but he, uh, the START Treaty, uh, all kinds of stuff. Oh, yeah. He just kept on. It was all kinds of stuff. He took over the place. He, totally. It was a, and, the, and the crazy thing was, at the end of it, you know, the press was just like, huh, okay. Because, you know, they have like a piece on C-SPAN where they keep keep rolling the camera. The press was like, oh, well, that's typical, you know, whatever. That's Billy Boy. Nothing. Huh. No, no one's like, what? What just happened here? What the hell is this guy what doing hell here? Just happened? Listen to a little bit more of this because it's nuts. To the Dominican Republic. Yeah, we're moving everything to, to the Dominican Republic. <laughs> because we're afraid of, of people killing us in Haiti. 
But I think one of the best thing that we can do for the people of Haiti is to prove that the, the Haitians on the commission and the donors are still committed to the long-term reconstruction process. Whoever gets elected president. Okay. So this is where the big lie comes in. He starts touching his nose and stuff. Now, now the dollar amounts confuse me for a moment when he talked about these. Listen to this. The best thing they can do is everyone understands they had to carry out this election under enormously difficult circumstances. They had to carry out the election. I mean, it was like it's the biggest crisis in the country in 90 years. And no matter what happens, people stay in your tents. We have to have an election first before anything else. Just poop in your tent with your cholera. We have to have the election. Nothing else goes above the election. People understand, right, John? People understand that, right? Wow. Yeah. Even getting the ID cards to everybody. Oh, no, we ha- wait. Oh, Stay in your tent. We have to get you your ID card, please. Your bracelet will be will be assembled this <laughs> evening. Just if you're pooping in your tent, it's okay. It's very important. We get your ID bracelets so you can. Uh, we have to vote. No matter what else. You know, proved difficult because they were in those tented areas. Tented areas. I mean, stay in your tented areas. <laughs> I'm so happy I can laugh about it, but it's, it's disgusting. You know, those, what do you call them, John? Tented areas? Tented areas. It's called a camping ground, Mr. President. It's a tented area. Uh, but what I can say is it was calmer today. It appears they are going to try to have a recount procedure which they hope will acquire more support from across the political spectrum (laughs) wait a minute we're gonna have a recount procedure which you hope will have more support from across the political spectrum in other words our guy should win That's, that's what that means and meanwhile we want the commission to keep working uh the world bank just released about seventy billion dollars of the ninety billion dollars in projects we approved four months ago and now have you ever heard this number the no. World Bank just released seventy billion dollars. He says seventy of the ninety billion. That can't all be for Haiti. Seventy billion. I, I'm not. I'm not understanding where he get where he pulled that one. Well, let's just listen to it again. It really confused me. The World Bank, right? Just approved seventy of the ninety billion for what? Approving, but what's the approving? Yeah, but it's approve. It doesn't mean anything. Well, World Bank just released the back. No, no, they released. released. They released. released. Release to who? Release the funds to the tented area. (laughs) Commission to keep working. Uh, The World Bank just released about $70 billion of the $90 billion in projects we approved four months ago. And so that'll go in. We'll be hiring more people immediately in those projects. And we're going to approve a lot more projects on the 14th. And that's my focus now. Yes. I don't know what he's saying, but it sounds like a bunch of bull crap to me. On the fourteenth, we got a lot of projects. Seventy seventy billion. You you could you could, seventy billion. You could buy a house for every single one of the people in the tented areas. Yeah, seventy billion. That that, that can't be all for Haiti. It can't be. No, it's it's he's just throwing numbers out. Anyway, there's good news, John, because the World Health Organization, which uh, is also part of the United Nations, who, as we know, is now confirmed actually brought cholera into Haiti, are now saying. You know what? Uh, it looks like it's the perfect time uh, to start vaccinating everyone against cholera. Because we've got the vaccine. 
Did you know there was a vaccine against COVID? Oh, yeah. And it's considered, the of all the, if you do a lot of world traveling, especially the some areas that are sketchy, you know, you, you end up have to get a lot of these shots to even enter the country. And you need papers. The cholera shot amongst travelers is considered the worst shot you can get. I've never had one. It's been around for a long time. It's apparently extreme. It's an excruciating uh, experience. Really? Yeah. Um, oh, apparently, two brands of cholera vaccine exist today. Ducoral, made in Sweden, which is WHO approved, costs $40 per dose. Oh, yeah, it's expensive. Someone's going to make a bundle on that. Oh, yeah. And Sanchal, introduced last year. By, by the way, what were we thinking? We knew they were going to introduce course, cholera because cholera always shows up in these things. And they, and you knew somebody's going to have to get, you know, that I didn't think about the vaccination angle. It's a, it's anyone who even visits Haiti now is going to have to get one of these ex- very expensive and painful shots. Well, there is a, there is a new shot. Hey, hey, wait a minute. Hold on. <laughs> and by the way, how come the U.N. workers don't routinely have this shot? So how could they bring it <laughs> because in? Because it sucks. <laughs> Because the shot sucks. You just told us so. Just saying. You'd think that if there were U.N. workers and they had to go to these countries that they would be immunized. Anyway, go ahead. Well, so it's even more interesting that India's uh, Shantha Biotechnics has a a vaccine which uh, is not WHO approved but only costs $6 a dose. Creating a global stockpile. Made from curry. No, but wait, but wait, but wait. Here it comes. (laughs) Made from curry. (laughs) With nutmeg. Creating a global stockpile against future outbreaks. Oh. Oh. Here we go. Oh, yeah. Building a global stockpile would be very expensive. But uh, donor nations like the United States and Canada, foundations and philanthropic groups have raised billions of dollars for vaccines and polio, like polio and other diseases, uh, we think it's time we uh, build a cholera stockpile. So there you go. It's uh, it's a new God. way to make some money. Cholera. These guys never give no, up. They don't. They just don't. And then what the hell is Sarah Palin doing in Haiti? That that like tripped me out. Yeah, well, maybe uh, I figured she was tracking a caribou, and somehow it took a trip to <laughs> Haiti. She had to follow it. I mean, what what is that about? I mean, she can't be sincere. She just can't be. No, she, I don't know why. She, I mean, she's sticking to her. Uh, it's just, it's know. horrible. It just, it doesn't make any sense to me. It's like, she's, it's like, it's like the new celebrity stop off. It's like, you know, if, if you haven't uh, been to Haiti, then you're not a true celebrity. I wonder if she got the cholera shot. So here is something very, and this will be my last thing on Haiti. Uh, there's a French satellite called the, um, well, it's from this, the French Space Agency, which is uh, the CNES. The satellite D-E-M-E-T-E-R, which I think is Demeter, which is in uh, orbit 700 kilometers above uh, the Earth's surface. Check this out. So uh, so someone went looking at and it, it monitors all kinds of uh, different things on Earth. Demeter spotted... Um, a 360% increase in ultra-low frequency radio waves in the ionosphere above Haiti in the month running up to the, her- hey. to the earthquake. Hello? Did I lose you? Yeah. Oh. No. Well, you did for a second, but I'm, I'm following it. Okay. So, so, so uh, again, this uh, satellite measured a 360%... 
360% increase in ultra-low-frequency radio waves in the ionosphere above Haiti in the run-up to the earthquake. And, of course, the scientists are saying, well, this is very interesting. You know, so does the Earth, like, start to to build up these frequencies in... in Aren't we supposed to do this in the second half of the show? (laughs) No, I'm on Haiti right now. This literally happened in Haiti. You always... You and your agenda to sneak in second-half show material into the front of the show... He's getting transparent. I'm telling you, there's earthquake machines and they're using them. And I'm done on the topic. No need to go into it any further. Look at the research for yourself. It's in the show notes at noagendashow.com. All right. So far, I'm doing good. I've got uh, earthquake machines. Well, you're doing well. No, I'm doing good. You're doing well. (laughs) I'm just doing good. You're doing well. All right, kid. I'm doing well. Yeah. My so I got a piece of news that just kind of got. This is just a standalone piece. Ready? Yeah. This is from the. I got a lot of stuff from the BBC. From uh, I actually got two pieces on the BBC. They're standalone. They, I don't, there's no real story other than what. Uh, the first one is. Well, let's start with this one. So uh, you know they gave the uh, the uh, peace prize. The Nobel Peace Prize went to uh, the guy that's locked up in China. And uh, so it's caused a big stink with China. This was the uh, the same peace prize that uh, our peace president Obama received last yes, year. Yes, and that's where the BBC's chiding Obama. Listen to this clip. Uh, this is just the beginning of their their discussion on the BBC, and this is, I think, BBC World, mm-hmm. uh, not BBC America. I'm not sure. It's beside the point. It's the same clip they use it on both shows. Uh, but they, just listen to the little jab they throw in as they as they begin the package. So is Liu a global hero or a common criminal? The answer, of course, depends on who you ask. Our coverage begins with the BBC's John Simpson in Norway. The Nobel Peace Prize has often been a majestic celebration of human rights. Sometimes, like last year's award to Barack Obama, it's been an embarrassment. <laughs> It's got nothing to do with the story. They just threw it in. Well, that's part of the agenda. It's an embarrassment. It's an embarrassment. It was Barack Obama. And it's not Barack, by the way. It's Barack. It's Barack. It's Barack Obama. It was an embarrassment. Embarrassment to Barack. (laughs) An embarrassing moment. (laughs) I'm thinking, wow. Why did did the Brits continue to say Barack Obama? Because they're idiots. Whoa. Let me just make sure. Who who donated from uh, Gitmo Nation? No one. (laughs) No one? You sure? Not a single person? We get very few contributions to the No, no Agenda show, or whatever they call it. <laughs> no Agenda. <laughs> no Agenda show from the States. Hey, but but the slaves were uprising in Gitmo Nation. Yes, we're going to talk about that shortly. Well, but you don't want to do that get, now? I mean, no, I want to get this last standalone out of the way because no, okay. it's so stupid. All right. This, one, this is one, that, and I'm only going to run this because I think it's something that we have to start thinking about what's going on. It's crazy. Play the German soldiers in France clip. The French government has welcomed the first German soldiers to be stationed in the country in peacetime. The battalion was officially installed on Friday, just outside Strasbourg. France has kept soldiers on German territory since the Second World War, but only now is this reciprocal, as Paris and Berlin increase their military operation. (laughs) What? 
And the way they make it sound is though, well, the French have had the, the soldiers in Germany. Yeah, because they lost the yeah, war. <laughs> There's no reason in the world that there should be any German soldiers in What are they doing there? What is the point? What is the point of German soldiers in France? Can somebody in France explain this to me? By the way, uh, the First World War, uh, the Germans flattened the north, north of France. Fly was like a pancake. They flattened it. Yeah, no, they did. And Strasbourg was one of the areas in the what used to be part of Germany or the some or the Austrian disputed, it's, disputed it's, area. It's a disputed <laughs> area. It is was it, which is now French. And by the way, in the Alsace area, if anybody wants to take some, you know, wine touring uh, uh, around the world, right, yeah. Alsace is gorgeous. But anyway, let's get back. So why do they have these German soldiers in what was once a German part of uh, the world? They are for your in protection. France. For your What's freedom. The they are for your freedom. We are here for your freedom. What did the French put up with this? What do they want German soldiers on their soil for? What are they going to do there? Police? They're going to pick up litter? I mean, what are they doing there? <laughs> Picking up litter. That's correct. Okay, you could pick this litter up. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know what they're doing. It's funny. Anyway, so I'm keeping an eye on it. Yeah, I think it's I think right, rightly you should. It's just a throwaway, too. It's like, oh, you know, we got some German soldiers here, huh? That must, yeah, that, that, must freak some pe- that must freak some people out. Do they still have the same helmets? Like those... Uh, <laughs> with a big point on the top, that one? <laughs> no, not with the big point. <laughs> no, not the, the Wilhelm helmets. The, like the SS helmets. The ones- oh, the ones that got all the... the, the this guy, like, the, the big skirt on it? Yeah, no, the, yeah, the kind that the guys on Harley still wear from time yeah, to time. Yeah, right. The, yeah. The, the Nazi helmets. Yeah, do they still have those helmets? Or are they, yeah. or have they upgraded? No, I don't think so. I think they still use those. Wow. That, that must be weird for some people to go like, oh, shit, I got a flashback. What the hell are these guys doing here? <laughs> what are they doing it? Hey, Pierre, Pierre, what is this? Wow. Oh. <sighs> they're probably not wearing the helmets. I'm sure they're wearing berets like everybody else does. Right. All right, let's talk about these kids, these, these kids in Gitmo Nation. So if I understand correctly. The uh, what happened is they're rioting for people. The Americans don't even know that we get like short, no short, short kno- sheet. No one knows this, and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing." These are huge riots. This is a big ass deal. This is big, and it's and it's young slaves too. It's thirteen and fifteen, you know, fourteen, fifteen year olds who basically, you know, of course, it's what's happening everywhere is now happening in Gitmo Nation East. Is the the government is saying, well, you know, everyone got rich uh, on this banking uh, scheme. And, uh, you know, so we need to take some more. So, uh, hey, 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 you slaves, you're going to pay for it. And, Here, and, 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 what? Yeah, play the riots in London part one so we can get a little little uh, BBC uh, feeling for what's going on because it's not being covered here. It is completely not being covered. Controversial plan to triple university tuition fees. Now, triple from like yeah. 3,000 pounds to 9,000 pounds. So, so unless you want to be working in a coal mine... Which, by the way, I think they're opening those up again. And by the way, the, 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 the thing is, is that what's happened over the last 20 or 30 years is that they have privatized student loan systems. Same as here. Same as put here. The, same as here. And they put the screws to you. You have to start paying interest immediately. Not when I was a kid. I could get a student loan. I just pay it back. Yeah, you, it you, or you could just get out of it. 
<laughs> yeah, you can get out of it. Now, you, now even if you go bankrupt, which you probably will do, yeah. you can't get out of these loans because they're exempt from the bankruptcy That's laws right. thanks to corrupt government officials that you've, you know, that they're wor- working in Congress. And the bankers, the bankers have all, everything to do with this. So they just see how far yeah. they can go we, with we it. Have, so they decided a- because the idiots in, in England apparently can't, uh, won't get out of their own way or complain, they figured they could just put the screws to them. But whoa! Yeah, so, so you know, and this, is, this has been brewing. I lived there for five years. There's so much dissatisfaction and unhappiness that I think uh, what happened is finally everyone looked up from their beer and went, what? Oh, oh, no, you didn't. Controversial plan to triple university tuition fees. Police with riot shields and batons held back demonstrators outside Parliament where the coalition government faced the biggest crisis of its seven-month history. At one point, demonstrators attacked the car carrying Prince Charles and his wife Camilla. A window was broken, but they were unharmed. Our political editor, Nick Robinson, reports. Democracy is not meant to work like this. Tonight, protesters broke into the Treasury building on Whitehall. Wait, this is exactly the way democracy is supposed to work. When when you're screwing the people, they rise up. This is exactly what it's supposed to do. I know. I I, I th- cut that meme too. I thought it was it's depressing. Like, wow, unbelievable. It's not supposed to work like that. You're supposed to do as you're told. You should not have an agenda. Protesters broke <laughs> an agenda into the Treasury building on Whitehall. They chanted, we want our money back. They smashed windows, they injured police. They were there in their hundreds to protect the commons as MPs voted on tuition fees just yards down the road. The eyes to the right, 323. The nose to the left, 302. Three quarters of the government's majority have been wiped out. Shame, Labour MPs cried. But it was too late. That vote scraps the current cap on tuition fees of just over £3,000. And from 2012, fees will rocket to at least 6000 and perhaps as high as £9,000 a year. That decision, today's vote, was accompanied once again by the invasion of Westminster, by thousands laying siege to Parliament. Many peaceful, many not. All this ostensibly provoked by plans to raise the price of a university education. Secretary Vince Cable. Inside a packed commons, Vince Cable insisted he'd not cut student numbers or grants or the overall budget for universities. Controversial plan. You know why I think this is happening, John? It just kind of hit me. Yeah. Um, they, They need the human resources. They need the human resources to be doing something. And, of course, it's so hard to get a, a gig in the, in the United Kingdom that most people stay in school as long as they can. You know, right. And just, well, I, I don't think your theory is correct because to, to want riots, especially in, in well, no, no, a no, place that, where it's pent I, I, up. I don't, I don't think they expected the riots. I think they're like, oh, shoot, wait a minute. What's up with this? The kids are like completely doped up and drunk and uh, and whacked out on Green Santa. 
I don't think they were expecting it. I think this was really no. I, I'm, unexpected. I, I'm absolutely convinced they're not expecting. It. And by the way, I want to just to, to push away a few letters. I don't want to start getting mail from some of our listeners with the following uh, meme. Oh, you know, the, why should the government be paying for an education for the kids? They should pay for their own way. And what you know, this kind of thing, which which is bogus, if there ever was, because the fact of the matter is, the society relies on an educated population, even though we don't even got one anymore. <laughs> yeah, uh, but so. I just don't want to hear that. But the, the but the the second you don't have to play the rest of that clip because it's too long. But the second one, which is the BBC report, riots in London BBC report, actually goes into uh, an analysis with one of the guys who was w- witnessing the whole thing, and it's actually a little more interesting because he brings up the Kettling thing, which is what seems to have been bypassed. Because uh, this is what it, they, this is what they started with the G twenty riots, this Kettling, where you basically uh, surround people and force them into one area from both ends, and then keep right, you, them you there. surround them. You, it's like a it's like a military operation. You surround right. them with police, and so if they they they're going in one direction, and then the police are there, so they start to head in another direction, but they can't because the cops are there too, and so they decided to retreat and go around but they can't because the cops are behind them and then they just hold them in that area throughout the event and then they let them go later and that's what's interesting to listen to the 15 year old who came on because he talked about the kettling thing and then it's interesting to listen to this report because apparently the kettling's been bypassed and that's the reason that prince charles was attacked because all these people were roaming around aimlessly and then they saw him and went after him he wasn't anywhere near the place and they and apparently they were freaked by this and I'm sure they should be. But play I, the know, right. I, I have a different opinion on the George, uh, the George, on the Charles or Camilla thing. But now, will, will this explain how these riots really start? I mean, who was the instigator? Do, do they have any analysis in this BBC report on that? No, they're just. I don't know. It's, it's hard to. No, they don't get to that. I mean, they can't say there's a person. Could have been that 15 year old kid you have the clip of. But just play this to get a little bit of. I just want to get people a feeling for what's going on. Of extra parliamentary violence, destruction, and anger. Incredible. And just after he filed that report, I spoke to Nick from Westminster. Nick, seen from the other side of the Atlantic, those scenes in London today are really just unbelievable, quite extraordinary. Are they reflective of a general disquiet in Britain or is it specific to this one issue of the votes for student fees? So far, it's specific to that. So, Oh, my God. <laughs> what, a, what a lie. That's unbelievable. Father, well, he, he gets a- out of it. It was extraordinary to many, many people in the United Kingdom. And yet, this is now the third time that the streets of London have lit up to demonstrations. Uh, Demonstrations that are still relatively small, but it seems that the police are quite incapable of controlling, uh, no matter how many people they have. As I left here, at the heart of the British Parliament, and went onto the streets, there were dozens of police vans, hundreds of police in riot gear, but they couldn't stop those protesters attacking and uh, breaking into the Treasury Building a few hundred yards away up Whitehall, the key street in Westminster, and of course they couldn't stop that attack on the car of the heir to the throne, uh, uh, Prince Charles and his wife Camilla. That car travelling right into the middle of the rioters, I mean, I have to ask, what were the security forces thinking letting the heir to the throne get so close to that kind of violence? 
Well, the truth is he wasn't that close to here in Westminster. He was elsewhere in London's West End, uh, but he was, it was, everyone was aware that he was going there. He was going to a Royal Variety performance uh, in London's West End. And what happened is those protests, those riots spread across London. In the previous confrontations we've had between police and protesters, the police have adopted the tactic of so-called kettling. In other words, literally corralling protesters in, locking them in for many hours between lines of policemen. This time, knowing that was the case, they spread out, attacking shops in uh, Oxford Street, the main high street in London, and also, as we discovered, reaching the place where the heir to the throne was due to attend. And describe what happened there, Nick, because I saw one picture which did show him and his wife Camilla looking very shocked by it. They looked shocked because they were attacked in their official, their state car. Paint was thrown at the car and one of the windows was smashed. Not so that the glass went through, but that so it was damaged. Now, this really will seem extraordinary to people because, of course, we know that the heir to the throne, let alone politicians like the Prime Minister, are heavily protected. They're surrounded by police on motorcycles, outriders, of course, to protect them from attacks, assassination or indeed from terrorism. And yet, somehow, they were not protected from this attack. Okay, Nick Robinson there. You know, I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call uh, BS on that. I saw the video of the, uh, of the so-called attack on Prince Charles' car. First of all, why is he driving around in, a, in an unprotected Bentley? It's not bulletproof. His windows were rolled down. You can see on the video, his window was rolled down. He's like waving to the people. Uh, I don't think it was it's all not that. not the video I saw. What video did you see? I saw one of the student videos, and it was just, you I know, a, people were... I got a student video, too. Well, yeah, he, I, and I didn't see that the windows were rolled down. Yeah, it's cracked. It's like, uh, it's like uh, I don't know, about uh, eight inches. Not eight inches, about six inches. I'm not, I don't know. I'm not going to buy that the, there was the whole... I mean, it could be, but what, what would be the point of it? I don't see where, what the end game is if you were going to fake a, uh, an attack on this car. Well, I think that's very simple. The end game is total clampdown. They're almost there. They're almost I, there. Total the, clampdown the, on the slaves. I think, the, I think the observation that the police can't do anything, and I think there's some sympathy support by the police because they're getting screwed in this deal too, and they have kids. I don't think that this clampdown is going to work if that's the case. They're already, well, at the end of the day, if all the people rise up, no. Then no clampdown works, which is where, of course, it has to go. Which is where we have to go everywhere in Gitmo Nation, because Play, you have the kids clip. Because I think the kid did that that was one of the I don't know say he was an instigator, but he came before a uh, a group of people and gave the speech that I thought for a fifteen year old was ludicrously advanced. Yes, which of course makes you wonder, you know, who wrote this thing. But it's possible, I suppose, although I've never run into a 15-year-old that could go off like this. I have to say, when I heard this kid speak, I'm like, that's kind of like John's kids. <laughs> well, I might be in detention a week, uh, and the school might not be very happy, but we sure showed something much bigger last Wednesday. Okay, sorry. Uh, you know... This was meant to be the first post-ideological generation, right? This was meant to be the generation... That right there, I'm already like, what? Who is the, the post-ideological generation? This would be something one of these kids would say because there is, they have their own lingo and, they have the, and, they, and they're very uh, introspective 
about you were talking about the uh, this generation that's coming up. They're very introspective and, and self-assured, and they have a certain kind of a weird ego, and they believe that. Uh, uh, it's, and you get the feeling that at some point they're not going to put up with the uh, status quo by any means, but they want to be left alone. That's for sure. I never thought of anything bigger than our Facebook profiles and our TV screens. This was meant to be the generation where the only thing that Saturday night meant was X Factor. I think now that claim is quite ridiculous. I think now that claim is quite ridiculous. I think now we've shown... Now we've shown that we are as ideological as ever before. Now we've shown that solidarity and comradeship and all those things that used to be associated with students are as relevant now as they've ever been. You know, the, the, the most incredible thing that, that happened on Wednesday, I went down, I thought I was going to go down in lunch break and then get back in time for lessons. Um, perhaps I should have known they put the... The guy in charge, the G20 in charge, uh, perhaps I should have been more concerned for my life than for whether I was going to get down for lessons, but uh, when I tried to get out and I was told it was a sterile area uh, by police officers standing and not letting anyone out, I thought, well, that's why we need a university education. If we don't get one, we end up in police uniforms. <laughs> that was a good line. Yeah, it does. That's so. a really good line. Um, <laughs> you know... When, when, I, when I was kettled in there, I, I was with thousands and thousands of school students who'd come down with their ties around their heads in their school uniforms, and yeah, they were cold, who'd come down, who'd never been on a protest before, who'd never joined a political party or been involved in a political movement before, who didn't have any economic knowledge or political degrees, but they were there because they believed in something. They were there because they believed in something bigger, and they were there because they knew that either... You know, there weren't a million choices, there were two choices. Either they laid down and took whatever the government threw at them, or they stood up and fought back. And so those school students who'd never been involved in anything before stood up and they fought back. And when they were in that kettle, being kettled in by police, you know, the word went round as we were sitting, huddling around fires, sharing out what little food we had, and the word went round, people said, we know what they're up to. We know that they don't think we're a danger to the public. I'm 15 years old, people there were as young as 13. We know they don't think we're going to run riot through the streets of London. We know what they're up to. They think that if they kettle us now, we're not going to come on a demonstration ever again. Well, let the word go out from today, people said. Let the word go out about next Tuesday. Let the word go out about next week and next month and next year that they can't stop us demonstrating. They can't stop us fighting back. And however much they try to imprison us in the streets of London, those are our streets, and we will always be there to demonstrate. We will always be there to fight. People who had who had always thought that the police were just those people at the other end of the telephone line to help uh, if there was a burglary. People who'd always thought that the media were just those friendly newspaper men who were there to give them that unbalanced picture of the facts. People learned a lot last Wednesday. People learned a lot. I think this kid is actually 27, and he's a midget. <laughs> It's unbelievable. I mean, this is a very, this is a very very good speech. And why and why is he the the spokesperson all of a sudden? I did, there's no background on this speech, there but he came really. up and decided. I guess he's one of these very uh, erudite kids that they that can that can apparently uh, describe the situation. But one of the things that he did bring up in this little talk was the fact that the kids, you know, you you get involved in something like this and you're there in it taking part in some way shape or form and then you go home after the thing breaks up and then you watch the news reports which lie right 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 that right. is an extremely value that's what he's talking about yeah. about the lessons right you get a lesson in in the in, whole in how it works in, in how, how it works, works right. and it doesn't make it any better that's for sure
Well, is that the end? Is that the end of the guy? No, I mean, there's another minute. Want to listen, listen to the rest? Yeah, I might as well listen yeah, to this. As they huddle around fires, um, and then emerge from that kettle to see headlines like vandals on the Evening Standard that afternoon. People learned a lot when a police van was left in the middle of the road so that the police could tow it away and and show the whole public, look what vandals these people are. People learned a lot. So the message that goes out from last Wednesday is very clear. We are no longer that post-ideological generation. We are no longer that generation that doesn't care. We are no longer that generation that's prepared to sit back and take whatever they give us. We are now the generation at the heart of the fight back. We are now the generation that will stand with everyone who's fighting back. The most inspiring thing, I think, was that just after Wednesday... Uh, hundreds of people joined a Facebook group, school students joined a Facebook group in solidarity with RMT members on strike. Those are people who previously thought, those are people who previously thought tube strikes were something annoying because they stopped them getting into school. Now they think they've got to link arms and fight back with everyone. So we want to show solidarity with everyone who's fighting back. We hope you'll show solidarity with us and send a strong message to this government that uh, they can't throw their cuts at us. We're going to stand up and we're going to fight back. Well, hell yeah. You know what? I'm liking that. Yeah. I'm really, really liking that. And this uh, uh, and this reminds me of the 70s. You know, you had that thin English guy with a, with a shovel running down the street telling he's going to chop Margaret Thatcher's head off. You know, this is good. Uh, except it, these kids need a little direction. They need to understand that it's actually the, the banking cartel that is screwing them and the government are just puppets. But it, it's good. This is a very, very good start. I'm very happy, and I think that uh, we should be ashamed here in Gitmo Nation West uh, that we don't have this kind of movement, that we're not on the streets. We're, we're still watching the frickin' Kardashians. Right. Well, the bankers are getting billions of dollars in bailouts, and they can't. They will give out no loans and all the rest of it. And they, and they, and they've snuck the. Uh, we had a little situation at the University of California where they were going to double fees or add a couple of. Th- you know, they're they're basically been jacking up. Uh, I think thirty percent last year. Thirty. This, this a, they've been jacking up the tuitions mm-hmm. at the University of California system. There was a small riot; didn't go anywhere mm-hmm. because essentially the University of California has turned into a uh, uh, a school specific for overseas students where they can soak them for as much money as possible. It's basically a kind of a variation on the University of Phoenix. Uh, charge a lot of money, bring everybody over from China, educate them here. A lot of Indian Chinese students, I think over half of the students are uh, uh, more than 50% are either from China or India and from overseas. And and, and they don't, you know, they're just... No, they're, just uh, they're just getting soaked. So they, could, they come over here, they spend a billion dollars on, uh, on an education. They might as well be like the College of Arts and Crafts in San Francisco. It's exactly which is a, what it is. And by the way... A, a if, real estate scheme. If, you know what you should do? You should, while, while you're at it, have a, have a fly around that area uh, of uh, the, the, the bay uh, in a private airplane. There's nothing but Asians, I'm talking about East, like uh, Chinese, uh, on the radio learning how to fly. Because they come for their education and their pilot's license. And they and they can't fly for shit, and they sure can't communicate for shit either. But it's laughable when you when you hear the skies because it's so impossible to get your pilot's license in uh, in China. You can't. That's right. So they get it over here, and then they yeah. there's a way to convert. But he, literally, you're on the radio, like I don't know. And I and I'm looking at my instructor. I was flying with. What the hell is that? I said, I don't know, man. He said, Just keep your eyes open. Keep your eyes open. Just keep your eyes open. It's very, you know, and it, it's, we've given up. 
So yeah, so it's just it's just soaking. It's these institutions are soaking them. They're taking up and, and yeah, but then and they're not doing the American public any good. We're not getting educated. No, because not- then they leave. They go right back home with with their with their U.S. education. Anyway, the point is, is that and uh, you know the amount of you you can't get a critical mass of protests in this country anymore uh, because everything has been co-opted. Very, but you know, we had already went through a series of these issues, and it's they, everybody on the other side, on the bad side, have learned all the tricks. Right. You know, and and the ba- major trick is what you said: it's the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. They haven't got any. I mean, they have. X by factor, the way, it, by but, the way, Sunday nights. I'm sorry. We now have. Uh, we've got Kendra, who is is just awesome. Kendra with Hank. You know, the Hank is the football player. Um, then we have uh, Married to Rock. Which is uh, the wives of uh, rock stars, and then we have this new show, John, which you really must watch, called Bridal Plasty. And Bridal Plasty is an elimination-based reality show where the winner, the uh, not only gets the uh, wedding of her dreams, but full-on plastic surgery. And as the uh, show progresses, they get little procedures that are on their list. So you'll literally see, you know, they have to complete some kind of puzzle or quiz, like, you know, uh, answer what color is the White House. And there's five contestants, but there's only four syringes of Botox on the table. I <laughs> know this is bull. Is no, this right? No, no, it's called bridalplasty. And you look at this and it's like it's it, it dreams it, this stuff up. And it shows you everything that is wrong with the United States of America. And then you see these women like, oh, and they're holding onto the syringe, shaking like, oh, I've been dreaming about this Botox injection. And of course, the chick who doesn't get it, you know, you know, and it's always the it's always the one who actually wanted the breast job, but she had like uh, some cancer removed, so her breasts were actually a little deformed. She's the one that gets voted off, the one who actually needs the fucking surgery. It's unbelievable. This is what we're watching. This is why we're being destroyed. We're being destroyed by it. We're not in 1984. 1984 is what's happening in the United Kingdom. We're over here in uh, in the other book. <laughs> We're in some other book. Play uh, uh, <laughs> talking about reality shows. Yeah. Play Palin on Skinning One. Oh please, you're hurting me now. Every time I hunt with Dad, I learn something new. I learned something new skinning the animal today, a different way that that he had learned from one of our fishing partners. I would never have known that had I not been out there today. <laughs> So anyway, so she's so they go out and shoot a caribou, and she's and they and then on TV, I'm like grimacing watching this. <laughs> you can play the second part, which is that them actually skinning the animal on television as they show all the guts coming out. It was just like I, I couldn't, I, you know. I, I have nothing against this, but it's like, uh, why do you have to show it? Excellent. I feel a lot better now. Well, I'm always really happy when I do get an animal because usually my dad is by my side when I'm hunting. And it's like, see, Dad, I, I did it. I listened to what you said, and, and I learned something, and we accomplished it together. So that's a really nice feeling, too. I want you to take each leg like this, about right there. Is this knife good? No, use no. this one. I'm not going to gut this. We're going to quarter it and take him home so I don't gut him. You'll see as we take the quarters off. I, this is educational, John. This is actually quite good because, the, imagine, this is a skill that we that we still should have. They still have it in Alaska. Yeah, but, but you need And it. apparently it's, it's like folklore, too. You, you exchange like, oh, no, that's not the way you should skin an elk. I got a better idea or a better technique. And it's then a they caribou, not an elk, a caribou. Yeah, it was a caribou. Which, by and, the way, there's plenty of caribou up there. 
Oh, it's like reindeer in the yeah, in Sweden yeah, and uh, yeah. Finland. There's millions of them, but, and they but, eat but, them. But think about how twisted society has become, really, John. When you think about it, that we cringe at a uh, at the skinning of an animal which is being skinned for food, uh, yeah. which is a skill that you might actually need again one day. Yet we have no problem looking at uh, plastic surgery procedures and women actually fighting for plastic surgery procedures. Does this not show you how? No wonder we're we're crap here. <laughs> it's back back ass words. Oh my well, god! Since we're going to talk about that kind of you know deeper uh, thing, play the clip I have here, which is there was a uh, uh, it's called winning and sharing uh, clip. It, it, it there was a special on uh, ESPN. Uh, no, I'm sorry, it was on HBO called Lombardi, and it was I actually ended up watching it because it was very interesting. I didn't know this was the, like the most influential football coach in the history of the American football, and he had them quoting about talking about winning and how the society uh, is you know in America in particular because we you know we kind of lose our, uh, our 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 direction when we don't just play this clip and I, I and I added a little a kicker to it. Winning. Uh, <laughs> Well, I think it's only natural that anyone would think that to win is, is important. That's the reason you're in this business. If you have any kind of pride or any kind of dedication or any kind of backbone or spunk to you, you should try to be the best uh, in your own profession regardless of what it is. Anybody who has the idea that just to play or just to take part and that's all that's necessary, I think he's in the wrong business. I think, I think he's in the wrong country. Let me put it that way. I think one of the things that made America great is to try to be the best in everything that they do. And the best, again, is signified by winning. Oh, there's no winning. We don't like to foster a competitive atmosphere, but we laugh a lot. Now everyone hug and share a secret. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've turned everyone into pussies here. Yeah, that's exactly right. I just love that clip. Yeah. <laughs> now let's all hold hands and tell each other a secret. Uh... Yeah. Anyway, I'm uh, I'm very proud of uh, the young human resources of Gitmo Nation East. Uh, those of you who are there, you have to teach your young that it's not just about the school thing. Have them look at every single street corner, how they're being observed. Look at the complete police state that they are living in, how they're being searched at random anywhere they go. Have them look at that. And please, get ready for 2012. I have a link in the show notes to um, a magazine, and it's published in the United Kingdom. It's called uh, Counter-Terror Business, uh, and Volume 4 is out for 2010. This is complete police state porn, and it's a PDF, and you can. it's a pretty big file, actually. And when you see the stuff that they've got, you know, the, the fencing and the portable X-ray machines, it's, it blows your mind when you see, and this is not for government, this is for business. This is, this is just what's going to be normal. It, it's out of control. So please have a look at this and see where your kids are, are headed and tell them to fight against that too. This is, who knows? Maybe, we can, maybe there's some Guy Fawkes left in everybody yet. It would be great. And I hope it catches fire everywhere. And I, I'm convinced the, more, the older I get and the more I see that the only way out of this is we have to, we, we have to riot. We have to. I don't think there's any other way. It's worked in the past, I think. A couple of places. Maybe. I like the fact that they were yelling off with their heads 
too. Yeah, right? I love the off with their heads thing. And the other one, give us our money back, was another one. <laughs> yeah, that's correct. also good. I like off with their heads better because that's actually a French term from the uh, from the French Revolution, is it not? Yeah, as far yeah. as I know. Off with their heads. Or actually, or it was it was from the Alice in Wonderland story. Well, is there a difference? And, I, and I'll say it right here. The elitist, the, the queen of the Netherlands, uh, the queen of uh, U- United Kingdom of Gitmo Nation East, that's where your problem is right there. These are not just ceremonial people. These are evil people. These are the ones you have to go after. I'm just waiting for the knock at the door. It won't, <laughs> it won't take too long. Curry, come out with your hands up! <laughs> I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. Yeah, on No Agenda in the morning. All righty. So we have a few donors uh, this week we want to thank. Uh, a couple che- checks came in. One from Monica Goldsmith, uh, her and her husband, uh, Nathan. Uh, sent us a check for $60, and also Stephen, and they're in uh, Tucson, Stephen M. Dean from Naperville, Illinois, uh, $130, and then on our uh, regular donor uh, conduit, PayPal, org slash NA, Daniel Hutner, who's given before out of Murphy's, California, $110.20 in the morning, uh, in the early Christmas morning, John and Adam, I've been burning the candle, spreading holiday cheer for the three-lettered brown machine. I'm sending you both an early <laughs> gift of double nickels on the dime for the both of you. You what, guys help. What is the three-lettered brown machine? I'm not sure. Is that the TSA? I must be. Yeah. All right. Maybe. Yeah. Or any or any three-lettered IBM? operation. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sending you, uh, you know, brown shirts, uh, three letters, I don't know. I'm sending you guys both an early gift of double nickels on the dime. Uh, you guys helped during the long days. also wanted to point out that you withheld a happy Kwanzaa from the holiday greetings in the last newsletter, which, by the way, everyone should have read by now. It's got the TSA. <laughs> this is a good point, John. I, 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 did, leave, I did leave out Kwanzaa. After we made such a, such a stink about it on the show, I, I didn't even notice that you left it out of the, uh, out of the talking points memo. <laughs> It's not good, my friend. It was the letter to the talking point. I'm insulted. It's UPS, by the way, the brown the brown trucks. Oh, the brown machine, brown right? Brown machine. UPS. Right. Good. Right. Thank you, chat uh, room. Chat room. Yeah, chat room. Uh, now, the second I got from Andrew Glenn, a newcomer, uh, Andy Glenn from uh, Buckham, Buckham uh, from UK. Oh, this, this is the, the one guy that we don't have. Wait, I'm sorry? You said we have no, no support from uh, Gitmo Nation East, and here he is. Here's, here's the guy. Yeah, but his name is Andrew Glenn. He's a good guy. Uh, <laughs> what the hell? At the beginning on, this, on my spreadsheet, for some reason, and I don't know why it is, I don't know if you can see it, I don't have the first two lines of his note. Uh, John and Adam, I've been listening for a while from Gitmo Nation East and thought at time I contributed, especially as, it turn, as, as it's my birthday on Monday... Please de-douche me. You've been de-douched. I love in the lovely... Uh, I live in, yeah. I live in the lovely Chilton Hills, just north of London. Uh, officially an area of outstanding natural beauty, but which is scheduled soon to be desecrated by a 100-yard-wide scar called High Speed 2. This new rail promises to cut 30 minutes off the 110-mile journey from London to Birmingham. Uh, and given that our only current high-speed line, the Eurostar to Paris, requires a minimum 30-minute check-in, including airport-type security scanning, which is true now, 
Our existing regular trains don't require that. Uh, that equates to a whole zero time saved. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's actually amazing because most of these high-speed schemes, there's no time saved. It actually costs you time. Yeah. But, uh, and I actually, I bet you when the calculation is finally done, it won't be zero. It will be a, a minus. Because I especially, it, especially enjoy your coverage of the uh, mysterious workings of the EU Starfleet Command which receive hardly any space in the media here at all, uh, a cause of out of sight, out of mind, perhaps, or maybe it's judges being unimportant. That much of our lawmaking is guided by an unelected elite. Keep up the good work. Well, yes, that's a hundred dollars from uh, Andy thank, Glenn. Thank now, I so want to mention. Andy. I want to mention that we do. There's an article that ran in the Daily Mail. Did you see that thing that showed all of EU laws being implemented in the no. UK and nobody even knows about? <laughs> no. No, but I'm, I'm sure it's there. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then we have a $99.99 call-out, which you have a special letter about, because apparently Baron von Pelsmachers has decided to do a uh, retrospective on a, on a call-out that was from World War II. Yeah, this is, uh, this is like a... Uh, um, He's recording this, you know. It's airman porn. Okay, so it's a uh, niner, 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 niner from Baron Van Pelsmakers. Here's the handover over, and over, over, Dover over. It's it's <clears> like <throat> airman porn. Actually, if if you're uh, if you're handing over the Andover over Dover, uh, that would be to Manston. Uh, Manston is right over Dover, and Manston is the big crash pad. If if you're ever flying to. Uh, the United Kingdom, and your plane uh, has no uh, gear, if you, if, or if you're going to crash, uh, you're going to crash at Manston. And say hi to them there. Tell them I said, hey, they, ha- they have the largest runway uh, and the broadest runway in, uh, in the United Kingdom, and it's, and it's right on the cliffs of Dover, and it's put there, in fact, in World War II, so that the guys who come, came limping back you know, with like the their planes from all a shot. bombing run, yeah, yeah. where their planes all shot up, they basically crashed there because <laughs> it was just it's like one big skid crash uh, track. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. You can crash a seven forty seven there and probably make it out alive. Huh. So just so you know. Anyway, that would <laughs> good be information on this show. Yes, just so you know. Jordan, Jordan Brown, Hanford, California, 7282. Jordan Brown, Hanford, armpit of the hilltop watchtower in the Buzzkill bunker. ITM, <laughs> uh, Adam and John, I'm recently unemployed, 24-year-old. I showed up at work on Thursday, December 2nd, to have the owner tell me that the place I was a manager of was closing its doors, emptying my PayPal account in hopes of some karma. Oh, well, we got a little bit of that for you. You've and got what? karma. I'd like to call out my brother Matt for being a douchebag. Douchebag. I also like to mention my family has a, di- a dairy and farms, and they've been growing Monsanto crops for years. They've been waiting for the drought-resistant gene in the corn to finally be introduced, but I'm sure they're <laughs> still trying to perfect it for the poppies in the Afghanistan first. Well, at least he's got the right idea. Uh, yeah, I saw the, I saw this thing on the Weather Channel about the Dust Bowl of uh, 1832. Do you know about this? Well, there's a Dust Bowl of 1932. Maybe it was, No, I thought it was 1830. No, no, it's a 1932 Dust Bowl. But that was... Okay, the 19... 1813, whatever. Hey, what does it make? But that was the... the like, it was like, like now, right? It's like all of a sudden there was... Except they didn't call it global warming. They just called it really dry. <laughs> and they had like no water in the plains. And no water. It, and it's a cycle. It's like a 10-year cycle. And it comes back. And we're heading into it again, coincidentally. Except now it's called global warming. 
Patrick Gardner, Davidsonville, Maryland, $63. Hey, John and Adam, my girlfriend got me into the show about a year ago, and I'm hooked. Looking for some karma for my LSAT. Keep up the good work. Oh, we got a little bit of that for you. No problem. Happy to do it. You've got karma. And we are we are keeping the karma down to donations over $62. Yes. Yeah, we have to do that. It was the, um, there was a reason for that. It was a, well, a, a calculation. It was, it was too- Oh yeah, there was a a, a a cosmic karmic calculation. I forget what yeah. it was, but there's a reason for it. Yeah, right. Wayne Hyman, Saint Petersburg, Florida, fifty five, fifty five in the morning. John and Abby, everyone born in 1955 turns fifty five this year, including me on December fifteenth. So here's my donation of fifty five, fifty five. That's interesting. Oh, good one. So everyone born fifty five, give us a donation, give us a call. I'm not a douchebag. I'm a human resource. Thanks for watching C-SPAN, so I don't have to. It's our pleasure, man. We love doing it. Robert Stokes, Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, double nickels on the dime, 5510. You guys are great. I wish I could send more. My baby slaves got to eat. You guys are the pros, but I had a show idea, proclaim a douchebag of the week. Person government says too little much too much like uh, Oberman. Yeah, I don't want a worse person. None of this what by the week stuff. And that uh, would mean we have an agenda. I don't like. Yeah, that. I, don't like I can't, that. can't do it. Sorry, but it's a, it's a good idea. We appreciate the idea. I encourage listeners to donate to douche, d douche the d o t w. I don't know. That's the douchebag of the week. Now, nah. douchebag nah. of the week. Nah. Yeah, no, we're not. We can't go there. Uh, nah. uh, and we we try. I mean, we have enough gimmicks already that are <laughs> that chews up a lot we of do. time. Andrew, we do have a uh, an interesting donation idea coming up though, which I. I'll get to when we finish the last couple guys. If you ever get to it. Andrew Sawyer, Vancouver, BC, 50 bucks. Lisa Lang, Knighthood Layaway. George Scanlon, uh, Carpentersville, Illinois, $50. And finally, Kim White in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, new listener. Not sure why I'm giving money. About 70% of your show is insane. (laughs) And Adam's very sexist about women. That's one mother I'd like to. When they are bogus, their looks are always mentioned. Don't you understand that the whole point of me saying, is she hot, is that it's a joke, Kim. And the whole joke is because that is why these women are on television, is is so that you don't actually get the information. Because men, I'm actually being sexist against men, because men seem to only be able to think with their penis. So it's I'm actually on your side. Boy, it's amazing how that doesn't... Oh, there's a lot of people who misunderstand the show. It's a very easy show to I'm misunderstand. I'm misunderstood. <laughs> Ready? <laughs> so here's an idea. This came in from our old pal, Luke Vanderhelm. Oh, uh, uh, Luke Vanderhelm. Yes. And uh, he says, uh, forget, and I'm, we're going to do this. I'm going to put it on the website tonight, and it's going to be available at Dvorak.org slash NA. When you contribute, you can do this. And I, I just told him, look, this, the whole idea was good. We can do it full cloth. In other words, exactly what he says here. Mm-hmm. He says, forget Sinterklaas, forget Christmas and the New Year. How about a No Agenda New Year promotion, which we do need, by the way? Yeah. Well, one, we one, eleven. Ooh. One, eleven, eleven. Two of them. There's two of them coming up in the same month. One, oh. one, eleven, and one, eleven, eleven. Ooh. Uh, the year's full of possibilities. So we can do with a, a buck eleven or 20.11 in month euros. One, $111.11 or... 2011, 2011, for rich bastards like, well, he mentioned <laughs> of our rich. He's not rich, but anyway, buy, you get a governorship of Gitmo Nation, or for instance. Anyway, so we have, there's a deal here. We're going to work it out. I like, it's all numerology. We love the numbers. We Good love idea. the numerology. So Good people idea. seem to get off yeah. on it. Now, here's the deal. Uh, 
I've I've thought about this, and we'll discuss this. Adam and I will discuss this off chat. Oh, channel. oh, we're gonna have a meeting. We're gonna have a meeting. We have one in twenty years. This will be our nineteen uh, twenty eleven meeting. I'm excited. This will be the meeting. We are going to sell baronies. Wow, this is John. You have not discussed it. Where was the meeting when we decided to talk about this in the meeting? <laughs> well, you can veto it if you want to, but I think that we can divide up the world oh, into, into, into into into, in, into actual uh, districts. Yeah. Mm. So when the whole place falls apart, people will have some paperwork, and they can say, "I'm I'm Baron Van I'm von Pelsmacher of Antwerp. I own Belgium." <laughs> And here's proof, and I have a coin, and <laughs> yeah, and and I think we, we should uh, they should have a hat. Well, we might get them a hat too. <laughs> Whatever the case is, we're going to figure out what it's going to. I think it's a couple thousand bucks you can get a berry. I don't is, know why. But Delsmacher, uh, not- we're giving him Belgium. He can have the whole place. That's right, and he he gets um, the Walloon part, and he gets the Flanders part. He can exactly. he, he can figure out the war between the those two. Right, he later can divide on. it up he, amongst his he kids. He can subdivide. He's, got, he's yeah. got a granddaughter. She can take part of it. Yeah. Whatever the case is, we figure most countries like England. I think we could probably give. There's about forty baronies in there, maybe. The United States, of course, we have uh, probably two or three per state. Hey, but these things can't be cheap, John. This has got to be like this is serious business. If we're actually dividing up the world, and this will be an official piece of paper. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're, 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 it's we're, not the world; it's Gitmo Nation, is what we're calling. And we, and and actually, so um, if it, if someone gets a, bar, a barony of Ireland, it will actually say Baron of Gitmo Nation Leprechaun. <laughs> right? That's cool, man. Well, they, we could do that. I yeah, think it's but, cool. And it, then we have to have a little some some longitudes and latitudes put on right. there so they know what part they uh, have. All right, I think Ireland is at least two baronies. Right. I'm not sure. So we'll have a meeting about this. It's a good idea. All right. I like it. So anyway, go to Dvorak.org slash NA or channeldvorak.com slash NA in the meantime and help us out for the next show. And uh, don't forget to show 261. If you want to be a member of this exclusive 261 club, you can donate that much and you will be. Yeah, right. and, uh, it's your birthday, So seeing as he just was kind of on the list, I will say happy birthday in advance to Wayne Hyman and everyone else who turns uh, 55 from the year 1955. And uh, we have a birthday, Andy Glenn. Uh, He celebrated his, uh, actually he celebrates his birthday today on the 12th of December, 2010. Happy birthday, everybody. And we might as well rock this out immediately, John. Let's uh, get our swords out there. You got it? Wait. There it is. All right, Uh, Baron Van Pelsmacher's Baron of Gitmo Nation Sprouts. (laughs) We still got to work on that one. Uh, Has successfully completed payments for Damehood for his godchild, Ruby. So, Ruby, we now welcome you as Dame of the No Agenda Roundtable. Please enjoy your Gerbers and Pampers. How old is his godchild, Ruby? Uh, not very. That's cool, man. So we have a dame, Dame Ruby. Uh, yeah, that's just the way it goes with these, uh, with this sort of uh, monarchy. <laughs> so it's, and you know what? There's nothing wrong with us making our new monarchy. Congratulations! I don't see any problem, personally. No, not at all. I think it's a great idea. Okay, I got uh, just a, a couple things that I, I got to get off my chest, uh, John. First of all. <laughs> Following the biodiversité, so you don't have to, uh, the talks in uh, Cancun, Mexico, wrapped up. 
this was COP16. Of course, we had uh, huge attention for COP15 in Copenhagen, and uh, and everyone was all over it. And uh, what's going on? With what are we going to do with global? Of course, we had Climate Gate exploding at the at the time of that. And uh, I'm very happy to report. Uh, that uh, the Cancun talks ended as if nothing had changed, as if climate change. You know, they they did just not like, plow right through it. Nothing wrong. Now, um, so I have linked to the uh, agreement because they, they, the way it works, of course, this is all part of uh, the United Nations um, and the, uh, the IPCC is a part of the United Nations that the, uh, the, the lying bastards uh, about the so called science being in on everything. Um, so, uh, they, they essentially, the way it works is, you know, they, they move it ahead every single year. So the next one's going to be in South Africa, another place where we can't check on anyone. Junket. Yeah. It's it's another junket. Uh, and, but every single time they move the agenda a little bit further. And so what I was looking for specifically was, uh, the geoengineering stuff. Cause you know, we, we know that last week, uh, the word came out. Look, if if we can't uh, if we can't really get anything going, then uh, we have to go to Plan B, which is geoengineering. Um, I've read through the uh, COP sixteen agreement. Now, this is the advanced unedited version. It's the outcome of the work of the ad hoc working group on long term cooperative action under the convention. Uh, this is about thirty pages. John, mind boggling. It is unreadable and they they could be saying stuff in here they could be saying that that i have to cut off my testicles and hand it to them and i wouldn't be able to read the language it is so complicated hmm. um i i do know that uh I, what i see is the uh the red r-e-d-d this is the um uh what's the uh what does the acronym stand for let me just look it up here r-e-d-d is the uh, reducing emissions from deforestation and degradation. <laughs> like the way that sounds? Uh, basically, that means we're taking your land, slave. You there in a poor country, you, can, you don't know how to take care of your land. We're taking it from you. Hmm. Now, um, everywhere in this document, carbon credits, trading of credits, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's like it doesn't even exist derivatives of credits not a problem it's all in here now how is this being run they are setting up something called the let me just make sure i quote it properly the green climate fund okay the green climate fund will be funded with 100 billion dollars a year wow and um they needed a trustee because of course the trustee uh, has to oversee this money and make sure it's spent wisely. A hundred billion dollars. Seems like you need more than one guy. Well, they found the perfect entity to oversee this as trustee for the next three years. Who would you choose, John, if you wanted the, the most trustworthy entity in the world to oversee the hundred billion dollars that the human resources of the world are going to put into the pot, apparently? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the World Bank. I know. The World Bank. Oh, I thought it was going to be Clinton. No. <laughs> that would have been even better. No, the World Bank. Oh, we think the World, the World Bank will be Bank. great. The World <laughs> Bank will be great at doing that. Um, so, you know, help me read through this. People got to go back and read the book again. You know, <laughs> Confessions of an Economic, economic Hitman. Hit. Yeah, yeah, you really have to. It's, it's a big joke. 
Um, uh, luckily, I couldn't really find any. In, but the, I'll tell you something. If you want to make money, because where's that $100 billion going to? It's going to research. It's going to promotion of global warming uh, and climate change uh, agendas. That's what this whole document is. And that's when we heard on the previous show, uh, Miss Hedegaard is talking about, you know, investors really want to know that this is long term because everyone is going to be jumping on this hundred billion dollars. This is money in this is money in the bank. All you got to do is you got to suck the right penis and have the right proposal and you can get this money. It's just making money for for elitist pricks. It has nothing to do with saving your earth. How do you really feel? Oh, it, it angers me to read this. It angers me. And then the funniest thing, I get this uh, email from, um, let me see if I can find him. Uh, I get this email from Al. He says, uh, I thought you'd like this. I was talking to my sister about Christmas stuff, and my three-year-old niece says, hey, why don't you just charge it? She hands me a uh, a pretend credit card, and I, I'm putting this picture in the show notes. The credit card, it looks just like a MasterCard. It's got a little expiration date on there. It's got a little, uh, it doesn't have her name or anything. The card is from the World Bank. Nah. <laughs> it's, um, and I said, I, I emailed Al back. I said, dude, where did she get this? I need to know where she, this must have been a part of some game or something. I want to know where the kid got this from. It's, it's amazing. Okay. Okay. Now, one other thing, and then I'll be done, uh, and then you can do whatever you want to do. I only got one other thing I want to discuss. Well, okay, I've got, I've got one, which is uh, everyone sending the most emailed uh, uh, story this week. Two to the head, two to the head for oh, Mark yeah, Madoff. Yeah. Let me tell you something, people. This is not two to the head. Don't make me laugh. This is what happened. So, And by the way, it's, it's, in, it's really in the story, if you read it. So Mark Madoff is a 46-year-old uh, who had nothing to lose. He's, uh, he's, he's living it up. Everything's great. He's got a billion dollars offshore. He's got a new wife. He's got two young kids. Oh, no, and now he has to hang himself with the dog leash. No. No, no, no. How creative. Let me tell you. The dog leash is symbolic, by the way. Of course it is. By the way, uh, who discovers him? Well, his wife, who happens to be in their Florida pad, uh, with their other child, calls up her stepfather, who is an incredibly powerful lawyer. He goes, apparently he's got a key, he goes over to the Soho uh, luxury loft, finds him, and then the, and I love this story, the way they report it, a police officer stood guard in the lobby of Madoff's 12-story luxury loft apartment in Soho Saturday morning. An official from the medical examiner's office arrived in a van Saturday morning. So here's how it works. Um, look, there's all kinds of lawsuits being geared up against me, and you know, I don't know where my old man is doing, but I'm getting out. I'm checking out. I'm going to Paraguay. It's like I'm, I'm gonna pretend I'm dead. This is a complete fake suicide. The guy gets rolled out into the medical examiner's van. The guy's in Paraguay by now, living it up, hookers and blow, baby, with all the money. This guy didn't commit suicide. Bull crap. I'll give you that one. I mean, if he is dead, which is, you know, we don't know, of course, one way or the other, uh, he would have been uh, executed by somebody who, I mean, he knows where the money is. Of course he does. Of course he so knows he where the either, money is. So he either, they're afraid he's going to say talk, but if he's in a 12, but first of all, let's, let's back up to it. No did one, it actually no say 12-story one... high loft? Yes. 
which is John Bon Jovi's building, by the way. But it literally says... So, first of all, when they're... But wait a minute, wait a minute. Do you realize how valuable a 12-story loft in Manhattan... Yeah, duh. That has got to... I mean, I know people that live in lofts, and there's a lot of people that... Famous people live in lofts, but nobody has a 12-story one. Well, I don't know if it's actually... If it's all his... But 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 the tip offs are here. The tip offs are that his wife, who was in Florida with their other young son, was concerned when he sent an email to her saying, "Oh, you know, whatever." Yeah. And then she sends her stepfather, who is a very he's a high profile, high, high, high up there lawyer, to go and check on him at seven thirty in the morning. Like the guy's got uh, a key. Step, it's they're weird. Yeah, yeah, it's He odd. finds him hung with a dog leash. Let me tell you, that's not easy to hang yourself with a dog leash. I don't think, you know, it's like there's no note. And then right, they, now here's the, here's the, the kicker. It seems to me if he was going to fake his own death that he would leave a note. Well, that's what the email is. The, the email is supposed to be like some, okay. some form of note. But, but it's so clear when you have a police officer standing guard. Why does a police officer have to stand guard? And why is it reported that way? Why? And because then, they don't want anybody seeing the body. And then an official from the medical examiner's and I looked at all the pictures. It's laughable. Arrived in a van Saturday morning. Why? A van. They, they literally, and you see the picture of uh, a body bag. You don't know who's in there. It could be the guy. It could not be the guy. Could but, be his collection of but, porn. But they literally roll him into a van. It's not like an ambulance or anything. It's like a van. Kung Kung, doors are closed, and who knows where he's off to. I'm saying the guy faked his death. Okay. I, no. I, 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 you know, it seems to me, since the Madoff thing went down, it's been a year or more, hasn't it? Two years. You've got two plenty years. of time. Oh, you yeah, by pl- the way, two years to the day that his dad got arrested. Oh. Yeah, another little tip-off there. Okay, well, you've got two years. You've got, you've still got your money. You, you, you're somehow off the hooks, who knows why, Whatever, whoever you bribed. You had to bribe your way to get that far. So you go down and you explore South America. Do we have any evidence that he's ever left the country or done anything? We don't know. We don't know anything because the reporters well, never covered well, this. Well, the first thing I did is I started looking at uh, flights leaving from Teterboro. It was very hard to see. Uh, you know, I, I figured that's what I would do is I, you know, I'd have myself shipped over to Teterboro and I'd fly out you know, maybe up uh, who knows which way. There's a couple of flights that went to like uh, Dominican Republic and some other well, once stuff. you get out of the country, you can do Pretty whatever much you do want. Whatever you, want. you can yeah. fly to Mexico and then go anywhere, yeah. so or Canada for that matter. But anyway, so you get out of the, you get out, you go to Canada, you go to Toronto, and you yeah. jump on a plane to. Yeah. Uh, now you to just South you just watch you watch his wife, right? His second wife. You watch. She's going to be so distraught. She's going to move to uh, I don't know South America. <laughs> you watch. If she moves to South America, then it's a done deal. <laughs> you watch. Keep your eye on her. Where's she going? I'm telling you this. I don't believe this for a second. Yeah, I'm not I'm, for I'll, a second. I'll, 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 I'll take the. Uh, and his brother's probably pissed. Like that fucking son of a bitch. We were supposed to do it next year. <laughs> we were supposed to do it together. I jumped the gun, the bastard. Shit. Any bets he gets cream? Uh, the cre- it'll be cremated too. By the way, right? Cre- of course, cremation is the best. Quick cremation. Um, well, you know, they can always they can still drop a, a empty casket in the ground. It doesn't make any difference. But whatever the case is, the uh, yeah, and you go. To, that's where you'd go. You go to Paraguay, typically. Yeah, that's where you want to be. Uh, or you, can, I think there most of the countries down there don't have good extradition. I think you can go to Venezuela. You can go to Argentina. Uh, Argentina is fun. 
but but you'd probably be less likely to be uh, have somebody some paparazzi will catch you in Argentina. Nobody in Paraguay, the paparazzi in Paraguay, they shoot you. So um, then I finally want to talk about uh, Veronica Cohen. Do you know who Veronica Cohen is? Uh, the, 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 I've heard of a Cohen. Veronica Cohen, uh, real name of Ronnie Chasen. Oh, yeah, right. Veronica, Veronica Cohen, uh, Russian immigrant. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yes, and there's a reason that I'm bringing that up. So she changed her name to, uh, to Ronnie Chasen when she moved out to uh, Hollyweird and uh, became a PR publicist, a uh, very well-known one. Uh, so, of course, we know that, this, that the Beverly Hills Police Department is covering something up because the whole thing is so sketchy and so laughable. Uh, you know, the, I mean, and we don't have to go through all the laughable parts of it, but here's what I have been told by my insiders. Extra, extra. Yeah, and you're in the milieu. I am the, in the milieu, and I've asked specifically some people to sniff around, and I got a call two days ago. And uh, what I'm hearing is that this was a Russian mob hit, and the reason was she put together a deal, which my sources say had more to do with music than with film, and they got screwed on the deal, and they killed her as a message to the rest. And this guy who didn't do the hit, but who set it up, he was so freaked out that he would rather kill himself than have these guys apparently kill him painfully and slowly. But that this is a music-based deal that the Russian mob got screwed on, that she set up, and they killed her to send a message. And there's other people out there who still have to make good on this deal. Well, there's so a couple things that we should do as background. One, the Russian mob is huge in Southern California. Yeah. Big time. In fact, there's a couple of small towns, I believe, in the valley that are literally owned by the Russian mob. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember that. I saw a 60-minute special on one of them once, and this is like, basically it's a town that is just – it's all Russians, all mobbed. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that's Southern California. So there's a lot of deals. And the Russian mob is notorious for for torturing people uh, like the guy who they – obviously who killed himself. Uh but there'd also be of the type that if somebody was involved or knows something, they'd kill him, make it look like a suicide. Right. And then the third element that I think is worth noting is the um, the tipster. I think if you track who they're not going to tell you who that is, came into some, America's Most Wanted. You mean some guy, some tipster told about the guy on the bicycle who killed himself supposedly after killing her for no apparent reason in the middle of Beverly Hills on a bicycle and picking up the shell casings. Uh, well, it could have been a revolver, but typically those guys don't use revolvers. They use nine millimeters, and supposedly it's a nine millimeter, and there's no revolver that like that. No. So it, you know, so the shell casings are are an issue. It seems to me, but now now they're saying, well, it was a revolver. Well, maybe, whatever. yeah, whatever. So, but anyway, the point is, is that this is sketchy. It, it makes a lot of sense that it could be a mobbed up deal. She that now that I know she's Russian, that changes mm-hmm, things. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. And then what's just kind of funny because um, this all gets this all this whole the whole interest that John and I have in this. And by the way, wait, wait, stop. One more thing just came to mind. The the mob always has by anybody that's mobbed up on any way. There's always they they love puns, which is some people consider the highest and some people consider the lowest form of humor. I mean, we had a mob uh, guy on witness protection program out here started a company called White Front. <laughs> It was a huge retail operation. I still think Target is, has got right. makes me wonder. But her name, Ronnie Chasen. Ch- yeah. I'm Chasen. Chasen, yeah. It's funny. A classic. Yeah, it's, it is all classic. 
All right. But I really first got interested in this when uh, people started laughing at Randy Quaid, who was literally saying Russian mob. He's, he started this. He said Russian mob. It's all messed up. They're out there. They're, t- they're taking people's money. They're killing people. And, of course, uh, if you look at Extra Extra or Entertainment Tonight or E or whatever, they're like, <laughs> idiots. They're total idiots. But when you look at the business of making money off of dead people, George Lucas now is putting dead actors back into movies. I got a whole story on him that's in the show notes. And uh, and he and and of course, you know, we really got to get in on the act. Who is now jumping in? Uh Dog the Bounty Hunter is now uh going after uh, the Quades. He's tweeting about it. Like I'm going to come and get you, Randy Quaid. You can't run from me, Randy Quaid. Is everyone is jumping on the bandwagon. It's it's so dog eat dog this whole business. That business is bad. That if the Russians aren't out to kill you, then Dog the Bounty Hunter is going to come and get you in Canada. I think the Canadians have a very rigid law. Dog the Bounty Hunter, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, could wind up with a long prison sentence if he thinks he's going into Canada to pull that crap. Oh, yeah. The Canadians don't mess around. They will totally throw you in jail. But what's interesting, it's just one little thing that I want people to look at. Um, so I'm looking at Dog the Bounty Hunter's tweets, and I see that he has this background on his Twitter page for something called SoAct.net. And I'm like, what is SoAct.net? And it's this social network that is a bulletin board listed over the counter, OTCBB. Um, and it's some guy, and he's got like, he's got like, you know, uh, Andy Rooney. He's got, uh, well, of course, he's got, uh, uh, Bill Shatner and all these people are, have joined up to this network, which I, I you know, I, and it's some kind of like pub, you know, sketchy public company. Uh, I don't know, it's weird. It's something really weird. Danny Glover, they all, and they're all saying like, oh, the So Act is a social network where people get together and, and make a difference, and it's scary. So Act dot net. You should take a look at it. I, I put I a will. link in the show notes. I was, it was, I couldn't quite understand what it was. This guy is like some, he's like a midget who walks around taking, he's like one of these freaky people who takes pictures with celebrities. And literally he's a midget because you can tell he's standing next to people, he's coming up to their belly button. And nothing against midgets. I was married to one. Um, but it's, it's just like, uh, it's freaky. Really, really freaky. He's got all these people on his website and I don't know. And Dog the Bounty Hunter is promoting it. So, I, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's the... The secret club. Well, maybe there may be a clue within this. Uh, Could be. I don't know. But it just I'm looking at the SOAC website. It's just Mickey Mouseville. I mean, right. it does, but it's but it's he's got public like money. HTML, in. you know. Yeah, uh, I know. 1997. I know, but it's kind of scary, right? Well, how scary it is. It's just mm. weird. Uh, okay, I'm tired now. What do you got? I got I got nothing. Else. I was just going to go on and on about the Madoff thing. But <laughs> You're just going to go on and on and on about the Madoff thing forever. Um, I guess, uh, do you have an update on WikiLeaks? I mean, this is, it's now so tiring that everyone is talking about it everywhere on every single station across Gitmo Nation. Are they? Yeah, yeah. It's They're still talking about it. Now it's like... Now, it's funny because now everyone is saying, oh, you know, there's got to be CIA. I'm like, does everyone listen to this show and not donate? Well, you know, I had, you know, I'm now thinking that my current thing is maybe it's not CIA because there's too many CIA memes cropping up. Everyone's 
pointing yeah. the finger at the CIA because the CIA, in fact, my even my son uh, JC sent a note about you know the the one. Oh, it turns out that one of the WikiLeaks mirrors is a honeypot for the CIA. Right. Somebody right. figured yeah, that. Yeah, I got that from a ton of people as well. And you know now people and then I ran into two or three analysis pieces that went on with basically our analysis. Yeah. about the CIA's possible involvement and how, how it would benefit them. And, you know, we have our uh, theory based on the fact that they're out to get Hillary or they're out to get Obama or there's a fight going on or whatever. And so now I'm thinking, well, maybe it's not the CIA. Maybe it's a disinformation channel set up by somebody else to make it look like the CIA. But there's obviously an intelligence agency involved or we wouldn't get the kind of coverage we're getting. We wouldn't get the kind of disinformation we're getting. We wouldn't get the look over here thing happening every which way about the WikiLeaks. Look over here. Look over there. So I don't know. I'm, I'm wondering whether or not this could be a different intelligence agency or even NSA for all you know. I, I think it's, it's purely uh – the Ministry of Defense. I think it's it's one hundred percent Pentagon. They are not the CIA. I think they have every uh, reason to uh, mess with the CIA if they can. Uh, I think that the, all the money points towards the Pentagon and uh, the military industrial complex. Um, this will be used. I mean, they they have the Cyber Command Center. Why have they not attacked WikiLeaks? Because it's much better to let all kinds of crazy stuff happen and then say, okay, now we got to ramp it up. Now we got to go in and we got to shut down the internet. We got to shut this down, shut that down. Uh, and they can just build up all of these. It, it, it's a money game. I think, I, I, well, it's always about money. We yeah. always have to, it's the one thing that's always overlooked when we start analyzing stuff. Always money. And when people start looking at things, they always forget the money. Yeah. Because it's always about money. So, so I, my thinking with the WikiLeaks thing is we have to start seeing who, who, benefits money-wise. I mean, there's money and power, too, but generally speaking, the way it's been going of late, it's only money because the power can come and go. So who's going who's gonna to make out on this deal uh, in the, terms of... The, the security industry. Yeah, well, they're definitely going to, and the scanners and all the rest of these jokers. So I, I have, uh, you know, I, I'm now looking at it from only, I'm only looking at the WikiLeaks things from a meta perspective. The stories that are coming out are interesting. Every once in a while, there's, we're going to have to comment on one or two because they'll be too funny. There's going to be a lot of humor, you know, a lot of crazy uh, memos that'll be released. And there's still going to, people are going to be complaining. You get to see who's on what side of the freedom movement, if there is such a thing. Uh, I mean, when you see, uh, you know, uh, you have Newt Gingrich, you know, calling for the guy's head and we should shut it down. And people sitting there wringing their hands over God, it's going to ruin our relations with the world and all the rest of it when Gates himself doesn't even think so. And, uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's allowing people to, you, at least if nothing else, we're able to see whose side people are on regarding the whole thing. Right. You know, some people are on one side of the argument when some people are on the other. And it's the people that are on the other side of the argument that are really the enemy. Yeah, mark it down. Write, write some of these names down for sure. You'll need that later when we do the test. <laughs> Um, I, I, there were just a couple of disturbing things. We had uh, Gitmo Nation rancid meatballs. Uh, we had a, a terrorist attack. Complete fractal. Complete right down to uh, an artist uh, depicting uh, uh, Muhammad in a, at all, in, in whatever light. Uh, guy blows himself up. Of course, he only blows himself up. <laughs> it's like, whoops. <laughs> he literally only blew himself up in Stockholm during a sh during shopping season. 
so congratulations, uh, Gitmo Nation Rancid Meatballs. By the way, you were about to have your entire um, uh, constitution changed to that of the EU. Well, now you really got it completely set in. Um, another fractal. In fact, uh, I should be playing the uh, I should be playing the jingle. You actually called that one, John. The uh, uh, the Portugal fractal. Oh yeah. You want to explain that one? Well, the Portugal fractal is the uh, which happened, of course, in Ireland, and it, I think it even I think it began. I think the fractal began in Greece, which is the we got no problem. We got no problem. We don't need your help. Yeah, we we don't need uh, what was it uh, the IMF. We, and we don't want the IMF coming in and taking over the place. And then, of course, then one thing leads to another. And the next thing you know, you're getting help whether you like it or not. And the IMF is in there. And there's a bunch of other intermediate steps in this fractal. <coughs> but it appears that this is the one that Ireland just used. Now, Portugal is using the exact same one. And then Spain will be next with the same. We don't need any help. And it's it's just like, what can't they come up with a different script? No, because I, I think it, if it works, it works. You know, it's like Shakespeare. And the public doesn't seem to notice. No, it's like nobody's. Uh, it's like this exact same thing, <laughs> step by step. People go, "Oh, uh, okay." <laughs> I mean, how dumb is everybody? Yeah, yeah unfortunately. <clears throat> so I have a, a one little clip that we could play if you want to hear something. I think is just kind of. I don't know. I found it. It's nice that people are, are generous. Uh, General Mills has a you know cares enough that they give money or whatever. But there's something I don't know. Oddly. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't say it was sick. It's just disconcerting that we have uh, uh, this program underway. Play the Hamburger Helper uh, ad with program attached. Hello! Why don't you try a home-cooked meal with Yummy Hamburger Helper? Ta-da! Fantastically tasty, huh? Mmm, that's good. What would you guys like? Hamburger Helper. What? One pound, one pan, one tasty meal! In America, one in six people struggle with not having enough food. That's why I've teamed up with Feeding America and Hamburger Helper. When you buy Hamburger Helper, you can help Feeding America deliver a meal to a local food bank. Visit this website to see how you can help. Isn't Hamburger Helper a sawdust? <laughs> just saying. <laughs> Hamburger Helper I'm sure there's a lot of, you know, whatever that, you know, wood, uh, they have a wood ingredient. It isn't that, actually food, is it? It's a helper. No one understands. You have to explain Hamburger Helper to our, 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 our European public outside of Gitmo Nation proper. And no one Hamburger understands. Hamburger Helper is usually like, it's essentially like it's got pasta and all these other things mixed in, and it's a way to stretch. <laughs> what, what little protein you might get. So you take like a pound of burger and you fry it up and you mix in hamburger helper and you got, you know, five pounds we of food. We got five pounds of food now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's sad, but uh, Soylent Green is someone in the chat room. That's what it is. It's exactly what it is. It's people. <laughs> it's just people. Have you ever seen that movie yet? No, I still haven't seen it. Oh, you got to see it. I know, I know, I know. It's like I'm I'm going through the list of things to see. It's uh, there's a lot to do. I got a lot, you know, I I'm watching too much C-SPAN. I'm sure it's on Netflix. Yeah. Hey, it should um, be. Anyway, uh 10 dead in Britain as H1N1 has returned. No? Really? <laughs> yeah. How come wait a minute? Hold on a second. Let me ask you a question here, technical question. <laughs> With every flu that comes and goes, they have a different shot, and they get the shot that year. And then the next year, there's new flus because it recombines every year to make three new shoot flus. And then dies off after the flu season's over. It's done. You right. don't get that flu again. Right. How come this flu's sticking around? 
How come all the other flus come and go and come and go and come and go? How come this one flu doesn't come and go like the rest of them? Oh, you got me, John. You really huh. got me. <laughs> Let me see what they're saying. Small proportion, 500 deaths, die, the children, you're screwed, take the shot, bend over slave. For most people, flu is not life-threatening and usually lasts 7 to 10 days. However, it can be far more dangerous for those in at-risk groups, such as elderly, pregnant, patients with heart problems, diabetes, lung, liver, or renal diseases. What's a renal? What's a renal disease? Liver, kidney, liver. If kidney. If that's kidney. Kidney. Death. The seasonal flu jab protects against the dominant strays. This year, it protects against three types of flu, including the type known as swine flu. It's amazing, John. It is amazing. Only three, you know. Then my understanding was they were going to make their seasonal flu shot, which always contains three types of flu mm-hmm. that are guessed. By the way, they guess at what they're going to be. Yeah. And then they're going to add. They added the H one N one to that mix of three. Yeah. So, it, which would mean it four. It doesn't matter. We're all going to die of but cholera. But the point, the question I have to ask, besides the fact that why didn't this flu go away like all the rest of them, the question number two is why did we hear it first of, at the beginning of the swine flu epidemic? You needed two shots, and you couldn't mix it with the other flu shot. Now, you it's, don't it's, need two <laughs> shots, and it's mixed. It's mixed in. Are it's, they giving us, they're giving us like, they, they're... It's they, hamburger they, they need a talking points memo so they don't change their story constantly. It's the hamburger helper of flu shot. I'm telling you, it's amazing what they've got done for us. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm quite happy. I, I feel that, uh, that they are looking out for our best interest, John. Anyway... Uh, we did have our talking points memo went out. Everybody was happy with it. We're going to do another one. I think the next one will be on uh, on high speed rail. Uh, these things are one page long. They're no longer, and they just have points that you can use at a cocktail party. And you should get on the mailing list if you want to get them, or you donate, which is the way most people most get people on the, the mailing list, list are yeah. donors. Yeah. And uh, and you'll get these every every time we we can put one together. I, I, we have uh, about two or three backed up. And I and I think that the trains one is really good um, because it's a tricky one as well because you don't want to be I mean all of these are very very tricky that's why we have these talking points uh, memos that we send out but it it is a way that you can peaceably uh, fight the elitist takeover of bull crap in our world uh, by changing people's views one person at a time. Uh, and this is, I'd say this is a very, very hard one. It's a really tough one because everyone has been so indoctrinated so perfectly well about trains being great. Yeah, I came up with a new one on this because I was talking to somebody the other day throwing what I thought the memos, the memo points would be. And, the, and one of them is like, you know, we have to modernize our transportation system. How more modern can you be than flying in a jet? <laughs> Yeah, at 500 miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's pretty the, much, pretty much, it's pretty number much number one it. talking point. Anyway, all right. Anyway, uh, we will continue to watch C-SPAN so you don't have to uh, and uh, come up with all the ditties from around Gitmo Nation. Uh, we appreciate the support. Go to Dvorak.org slash NA or channel Dvorak.com slash NA. Of course, our site, noagendashow.com, uh, and click on the donation link. It is the only way we uh, pay the bills is through your support of the show. 
and a thank you to our special uh, 260 club. Who, uh, right, and it's out. 100% user-supported, by the way, not 10% or 5% or half. Right. 100%. Which is the only reason why we can actually say it the way it is. Sorry to say, but true. <laughs> Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West, avoiding the black dog leash, I'm Adam Curry. And from Silicon Valley North, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda.